This is Eric Pinnell, and you're listening to episode 24 of Sneaky Geek. Our 2018 Beyond Sneaky Geek contest winner. <laughs> and the only rules for entry is be in Orange County at a time when we want to record. Yeah. But he did it. Eric Fennell. Hey, you Woo! won! Woo! Yay! All right. It feels good, you know. Yeah. I, I really took out all the competition, and, you know, it's, it's good to yeah, be a yeah. winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tommy. Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> uh, it would be cool if he was here, though. Yeah, it would. So, we're here today, and we are talking about... Britney Spears? No. Oh. Better. I'm at the wrong podcast. Let's talk about music. Yeah. <laughs> and more importantly, music and comic book tie-ins, which yeah. are a thing. And a thing that we've actually kind of talked about a little bit before, here and there. Like in that Black Panther podcast? That like in that Black Panther podcast that's, that's never missing? come out because of all sorts of terrible things that happen uh, to our hard drive. We're working on it. It'll yeah. come out. It's never not going to be relevant. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, sort of. Uh, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about Coheed and Cambria. Yes, we are. Woo! And this is a first for me because this is a You Should Be Reading podcast episode, yes. and I am the guy who should be reading, apparently. Awesome. I know nothing about Coheed and Cambria except that I like the song Welcome Home, and so I find the guy's voice to be a little jarring. All right. Yeah. That's a pretty standard it's, review. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, I do want to say on a positive note of Coheed and Cambria, I love, love the instrumentation. I am a huge fan yeah. of drummers who don't rely heavily on smashing the cymbal. Mm-hmm. And this guy seems to know how to use a hi-hat very well, or at least the guy in Welcome mm-hmm. Home does, because apparently there's more than one of them. Yes. And two drummers. There were two drummers. There's been some line And I like changes. music that builds, like power mm-hmm. metal. Yeah. It's very 80s. And, yeah, uh, that's actually a key point that I would love to bring up later when we come yeah. to that. Oh, and okay. we'll get there. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, tell me. Eric, what do you tell us a little bit about Coheed? What would you like to know? My Let's introduction, who they are. Coheed. Yeah, how first. did you get into the band? So, it's actually a really odd entry into learning a band. It was actually in the heydays of Guitar Hero, Guitar yes. Hero. <laughs> Hero 3, So, exactly. in related news, Welcome Home was me and Jacob from a few podcasts ago, and our buddy Corey's, like, go-to song. Mm. That was our drunk song, but we'd always switch instruments, because I was... Like, I'm a drummer, and then I think... Corey would be on the drums, and then the Jacob would do... sick. Yeah. Exactly. So then I ended up All doing parts. the drum... Or I ended up mm-hmm. doing the guitar on there, and but that would be our drunken... Guitar Hero song. Was Scooter always the one singing? Oh, it was Guitar Hero. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait, and Rock Band. Guitar? Yeah, yeah. That's right. It was on both? It was on Rock Band. It was on Rock Band? It was later. Yeah. On one of those instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was our go-to drunk song, or even sober song, or sober song and then drunk song later on, because fuck yeah, that (laughs) solo in there. Yeah, I guess I actually play guitar, Mm -hmm. and a buddy of mine, he showed it to me, and was like, dude, you should learn how to play this, and I immediately said... Oh, yes, I will learn how to play this. Yeah. And I sat down for quite some time 
And I learned it. Yeah. And, but I didn't go back to really all of their catalog until a couple of years later when I was in college yeah. doing a lot of studying. Yeah. Just kind of thinking to myself, hey, what what's a good band I could start getting back into? And they just kind of like, you know, a little light flashed in the back of my head. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll start at the beginning and, and see what I like. Yeah. And it just, you know, it was all encompassing. It was like my band from that point on. Cause right on. It was just everything that I was hoping for at the time and more. So not to, not to date all of us but when you went and found them again did you i mean we didn't have like easily accessible subscribable streaming services at that time right i, I like, actually i was on pandora at the time and the title song from their second album came on and that was where yeah. reignited my memory it was like oh hey this is cody and camry again i wonder if this is a good song yeah and i sat down i was like oh this is epic all their songs must be epic. I have to like sit down and really and like take the time, yeah. go through them all and see what I like. And it did not disappoint. Yeah, definitely. So I got into them in high school with all the drama kids. So like Mitch and Jordan and Zach were all listening to them. And like they were on the radio a little bit with uh, Blood Red Summer. Mm-hmm. And just like Bryce mentioned, I dug the song, but I couldn't deal with his vocals. And I'm kind of like, vocals are, are can ruin a band for me, yeah, the vocalist. Same. And so, like, I'm very picky. So with them, it was hard because I really dug the songs. And I kind of dug the lyrics, but, like, his voice kind of got to me. Yeah. And then, it was either Jordan or Zach. They're like, no, like, listen to some other stuff. Like, he definitely has a high voice, but that's one of the higher keys that he's using is in that song. I'm like, gotcha. all right. So I checked him out, and this was right when the second album came out which is the third in the story, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we haven't even talked about the story. Yet. Yeah, and so, yeah, so I just kind of went listened to more. I'm like, all right, that's cool, and didn't get super into them, but I'm like, okay, I appreciate this a lot more now. And then college came around. We were all hanging out one day, and I saw online on the MySpace, because back then it was before Facebook let everybody in. Right. And we were... And MySpace had music all over it, so every time you went to go socialize with somebody, you were getting introduced to new stuff. Yeah. Oh my Whether you wanted to or not. Whether you wanted to or not, fair. Yeah, yeah. I, there's only so many times yeah. I can listen to. One but uh, at the time, expect, like so. I, I, I was friends with Coheed and Cambria's page on there, yeah. and they started putting out stuff for Good Apollo, the album with Welcome Home on it, and they put out four YouTube videos that I remember. I think there might have been more or less of kind of like breakdowns of the story and where they were going with it, and that was when YouTube was fairly new because that was oh five. 06? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's early YouTube. Early YouTube years, yeah. You wanted to watch a video on the internet at that time, and you might as well look anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, and then after that, I kind of got into it, and then Jordan was like, no, you have to check these videos out. And so I remember watching one of them. We talked about it. He said, no, you got to watch the rest of them. So I did. I'm like, this is really cool. Wait, so is the are there music videos that are a cohesive story? Sort of. So, okay. So we'll get into that right now. Coheed and Cambria, the band... And their albums, most of them, are based on a storyline. Uh-huh. Is that storyline represented in, like, is it, like, sci-fi? Or is yeah, it... it's very sci-fi. It's called the Amory Wars. Amory Wars? How do you pronounce Amory Wars Amory is how Wars. I've heard it. Wars. common way. Yeah. So there's five parts to the main story, I think there are. So the way it's broken down is they started, technically, in a very similar way to Star Wars. Yeah. It starts on what they start as Episode Four, which is a very Joseph Campbell hero's journey we start in the middle so they start in what is considered the second part of the story which is the second stage turbine blade yes then you have the third entry and then a two volume split cd package which is the fourth which is the final chapter they eventually completed this and then 
went back and did the Prequels. first, the prequel, yeah, the prequel, which is the number one, and then later they did, which is the Afterman, which is like way, way, way distant, like prequel, which is also a two-part album. Yeah. So okay. technically, there's really five entries. That is about what seven CDs, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, give or take. Mm-hmm. What's a yeah. CD. <laughs> Get out of here, man. <laughs> I don't like your attitude, sir. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so these are all stories that are are told through a comic book. Not at the time. So at at first, it was kind of just in the album. And if you read the lyrics, they kind of made sense as a story, but they're still not necessarily... So more like a concept, like a series of concepts. Oh, yeah, it's a concept album, concept band. That's Uh, cool. And then after a while... Concept band, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then after a while, that's when they started to put out the comic books that Claudio wrote. Claudio is... Uh, He's the lead singer, guitarist. Okay. Yeah, the dude with the hair. The the one whose voice you find too jarring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That happens. Yeah, Yeah. so, uh, yeah, so then he started putting out the comic books, and... Boom Studios put them out. Oh, cool. Yeah. I do love me some Boom Studios. Yeah, yeah. They like to take on really cool IPs. Yeah. And it's something I really appreciate because you don't you don't want to throw those into like the Marvel label or the DC label or Vertigo yeah, or whatever. Or their imprints, yeah. And so it's nice that there's kind of a blanket, you know, one particular studio that really just rocks it because they've got yeah. the Rick and Morty comics. They've got oh, yeah. Steven Universe comic mm-hmm. and they have this one as well. Yeah. So that's why we're talking about it on the podcast. Yes, because they're... Oh! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring it all right. Yeah. So, yeah, so they have they have quite a few comic books out. They're finishing up... Because they didn't do a comic book for the third album. Which is technically the closing uh, yeah. entry. So the third album the f- is the final chapter of the yeah. original Amory so, Ward story. So Good Apollo, Burning Star 4. Which is the title of... Part... An album? Both of them. So there's yeah. two albums, the last two and this the main story. The first part has Welcome Home on it. Uh-huh. And the second one was put out a couple years later and that kind of finishes the storyline. Okay. Under also under Good Apollo Burning Star 4, but then Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. So, can we do these in order is, because I am getting lost? Yes. Exactly. That's yeah. what it, it makes it so rich. Okay, so and the first album is called the second stage turbine blade. The second stage turbine blade. The first album is yes. called the second stage yeah. turbine. Second blade. stage. Yes. Of it course. is reference to a factory part that was in Claudio, the lead singer, frontman's dad's factory when he grew up. That's neat. Huh. It's okay. an, there's a lot of homage to Claudio's personal life. He himself yeah. is actually written as the main character of the story. Mm-hmm. There's a lot yeah. of references to his life that we can explain a little bit later as you go through that. Yeah. Okay. Found in the lyrics and in the greater Amory Wars detail behind that. So gotcha. that's why he started yeah. in technically what is part two of the story. Gotcha. After so he that, starts there and that is an entire album and the album had kind of a story concept to it. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the same way that The Wall by Pink Floyd or Tommy by the Who had kind of yeah okay yeah yeah okay and then the second album they came out with which is part this is three. called three in, of the story yeah in the, the very beginning every album has like a number kind of associated with it to follow along the order so mm-hmm. the third one is called in keeping secrets of silent earth three okay there's yeah. actually keeping secrets of silent earth three is the second yes. album by coheed and cambria yes and it is the third part of the story right mm-hmm. out in 2003 out in 2003 yeah okay so then we eventually went to was good apollo volume one which is from fear through the eyes of madness right which i assume is a prequel this is no, no, this, this is, part... is to finish it's called good apollo i'm burning star four okay yes good That's apollo i'm burning star four. yes Yes. So this is a podcast, and Eric's wearing the shirt from the album. Woo! One of my favorites. Okay, so to the wear. third album is Good Apollo, A Burning Star. I'm Burning Star I'm 4. I'm Burning Star 4. 4. As in, Star 4 is being burned by me. Yes. I'm Burning Star 4. 
if you yeah. delve more into the actual mythology, um, Star Four is a particular structure that is key to you know the greater um, you know background, and then okay. Silent Earth Three is another part. Mm-hmm. So they actually kind of fit into the the okay, numerology so the there, of release. It's not actually supposed to. Be. It's like a play on word. There's a, they on, do yeah, quite yeah, a bit yeah, of play yeah, on things. Yeah. They do that frequently. Um, so then that was one entire entry, which is a very meta take on the universe which is actually my favorite album the average uh-huh. coed fan would agree it has welcome home uh, yeah. and, a, and a slew of other great songs but oh, yeah. uh, and then from that point on this is where things get a little iffy because they went to do volume two which is just called of no world for tomorrow okay. volume two of good apollo and burning star four so they they kind of split that one up into two albums okay so the story like is just really really long on that one that took two albums to get through Effectively, well, yes. Yeah. And there's yeah, also basically. the whole meta concept of it outside. Does the second yes. part well, of that also stick with that meta thing, or does it kind of return more to the story? It, the it closure of Volume 1, it, it ends the meta narrative. So that's all encapsulated yeah. we'll in get, Volume 1. We'll get one. there a little bit later. And okay. then this, this it returns to the normal you know, stream of conscious kind of regular okay, narrative. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so what you're telling me is that Good Apollo and Burning Star 4 is the Clone Wars. <laughs> I mean... And... <laughs> And the second, and volume two, is Revenge of the Sith. I mean, if you want to look like that, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Because it's kind of outside it, and it kind of is a commentary on the entire existence of it in its own sort of way, but it also is its own story, a little bit self-contained. There's a lot to discuss in that one, so we'll save (laughs) it. Let's keep going with the general so that we just have all the basic facts out. Yeah. So that's the fourth album, which is part two of the third part of the story, which closes... The original the, story? That closes the end of the Amory Wars, but you yes. still have to remember that there's the first volume. Which, yeah, we, we came in first after the fall two. of Troy yeah, yeah. on our way to, Straight to up. you know the rest of Homer's Odyssey. Right, I was saying fall of Troy, not the band. Not the, no, no, I mean who, the actual Who story. I've seen play with Coheed in Bakersfield <laughs> at the Dome. Oh, great band, awesome too. Band. Yeah. They got back together last, last year, I think it was. They got together yeah, two years ago, I think, yeah. 2016. Yeah. How? Okay, no, I was referring to, in fact, when the city of Troy fell because of a giant horse that they thought wasn't full of people. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. What are you gonna say, Bryce? Yeah. Anyways. I'm just. I'm just. It was actually I'm uh, the Duke's guitars <laughs> from. Oh, thank Paul you. Uh, yeah. I was going back to Joseph K. I appreciate the, the reference. Yeah. Okay, so coming back to the beginning to get the prequel out of the way. Yes. Because we're following slightly a hero's journey sort of thing. Yeah, Does yeah. this story kind of follow a hero's journey? Oh, very much so. Nice. This, okay. this story takes a lot of reference to great high fantasy sci-fi there's clear star wars referencing yeah. dune even where there's kind of a me- messianic character yeah. um there's that client classic where you know the entire family gets lost in a huge tragedy and then that sets the main character on a redemptive journey to yeah. you know right all the wrongs that happened to them gotcha. mm-hmm. that's very common i mean it's been there for a while yeah. and it's not outrightly <laughs> stated and here's the thing is what we just talked about is Volume 2, which was the fourth album they released, has, to this point, no other media to explain the story. Yeah. So it is still so up the in the, the air. So the fourth album came out, there's no visuals aside from like, music really. videos? A few music videos and videos, videos are my jam. Yeah. It's kind of what I do what for what some people would refer to as a living yeah. if they lived in Thailand. Um, <laughs> or anywhere where the economy yeah. didn't, like let us live for that little. Yeah. <laughs> so up up until this point, really, you know, you know, Brian and I, you know, we can go back and look at 
the the artwork and everything in the comics for the first three albums. At the mm-hmm. time, they made an illustrated book by Christopher Shy that has oh, yeah. amazingly, hauntingly beautiful artwork that is actually my favorite of anything I found. Oh, but cool. Claudio himself didn't think it did enough detail and justice for so the story. He, for the story, so yeah. he wanted to go back to that something before. a little more narrative. He yeah. wanted to go back to that before he went to finish the next story, which took many years and didn't finally get started until this last year. So, wait, so that's he what hold off Caesar. on doing a new album until there was some sort of visual for the first four albums? No. Not, no. Oh, okay, I no, misunderstood no. you. All the visuals have been auxiliary. They've been supplementary to the music. The music has always been front and center, yeah. and then when Later they really on, have time, they go back and like present everything that you need to really understand the details of the lyrics. Okay, right. so with the comics, so the album for the first album, Second Stage Turbine Blade, came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. The comic book didn't come out until... I thought it was 2004. 2000, well, here's it. Well, because well, I have the trade here. It says 2010. That's, okay. I'm pretty sure that, that could be just for the trade. To that, yeah, that was when they reissued the collection of all 12 uh, yeah. volumes. I think they originally didn't start making it comics in until 2004. 2004 sounds about okay. right. Yeah. Now, I have a few of those. So, be, so, okay. So, I had always understood it that the comic was something that had kind of always been there. But it actually no. came out later, yep. but not that much later. They were still mm. in the throes of yeah. the story. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And the comic... Now, is the comic supplementary material about other characters, or is it the actual story from the album? Yes. It is the story from (laughs) the album. And the the great thing about Coed and Cambria is that the lyrics are very enigmatic. You can read them, and you can kind of understand what they're going for, but it's really kind of word salad at times. It doesn't make that much sense. If you looked at the chorus of one of the songs in the first album, it literally says, I need mayo. I won't fail you now. Yeah. Dear Captain, send the SOS. We're gonna go down. And I need if mayo. you, yes, yeah. like so, I you're thinking, mayo. is this guy hyperglycemic? Does he yeah. need a what sandwich? He, Are they on mayo? a boat? Yeah. It doesn't make any real sense. But then you go to to the comics, to the comics and mayo character. is the character who is like the evil henchman next under like you know the really bad guy of the story. Gotcha. And you know he's he's talking to him, and it actually it's not just you singing along to a, a nonsense phrase. Right. Yeah. Right. But then, it it just hits you so well in the song that you don't care. It's like when you hear lyrics to a song and you think, oh yeah, I'm going to sing it like this and then you read the actual words and like, oh, like, that doesn't really oh. make sense, but I like the way I'm singing it because it just works. <laughs> That's just kind of the way Coheed kind of happens, yeah. you know. Okay. You, it seems like it doesn't make any sense, but then if you take the time to look, there's more to it and that is why they have, you know, all the comics, comics for you yeah. to go into and really get the full meaning of the songs yeah. if you want. You don't have to. Gotcha. It's just yeah. there if you want it. Yeah, and what's really cool is for the for the first part of the story, which is the last album in the storyline that they released. Right. Because it's all confusing. Um, instead of doing a comic book, they did a novel. Oh. And the novel's written by Peter David. Yes. Who's do anyway. who's done all sorts of, like, Hulk comic books. Incredible and, Hulk, yes. And X-Factor and all, all sorts of, yeah. He so did he's been in the industry. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Peter David also collaborated with him, I think, in the 2010 um, re-release yeah. for a second stage turbine blade. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Any any particular artists on that that are uh, of note? Or? I think so. Let me check here. I would have to defer to B. Rom. I, I have not looked too much into the artists. Thanks. I do know the current artist that's working with the Good Apollo Volume One reissue is Rags Morales. Hmm. Oh yes. It says here on the comic book there. Rags uh, Morales. Yeah, artists here. Oh, there's a bunch of them. That's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Gus Vasquez, Mike Miller, Gabriel Guzman, and no closer colors. So that's for and Claudio Sanchez stage. writes all of these. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's the creative mastermind behind the yeah. entire Amory Awards. In fact, the street he grew up on was called Amory, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that cool. in itself is uh, an allusion to you know his past. The yeah. characters of Coed and Cambria, which is kind of the big thing, is whenever you say, "Oh, I like the band Coed and Cambria," and the people would say, "Oh, is that just like two people, like you know, like a duet or something, Simon and Garfunkel?" And you're like, "No, you're like, nah. it's actually like two characters in a story." And they actually kind of die by the end of the first album. Wait, 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 wait. Are Coheed and Cambria characters in the Amory yes. Wars? Exactly. Yes. They are the parents what? to the Claudio character. Yes. And Nino they are burrito. and they are direct references to his own parents. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, so one of the main plot devices in the story is that the Coheed character, he has a virus inside of him that gets triggered by this dragonfly needle co like uh, creation. Yeah. Hence the dragonfly. Insignia, but that was one of the key logos behind it is that there's these dragonflies that activate this virus that turns them into a complete monster, essentially. Oh, cool. It's called the Monstar virus, and that is referenced in the song, and that's a direct reference to how his father, you know, battled heroin addiction, Uh, actually. So the needle, that's exactly. Space Jam's. No, 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 not at all. Not the Monstars. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it could. I mean, he has a lot of random references thrown in there. But yeah, okay, so the Monstar virus, and so this has to do with the needle. The, the needle yeah. and then the dragonfly image that is very ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's everywhere. Cool. Really cool. That yeah. is super cool. Okay, so back to the album order, because we're still working on that. We got the yeah. whole main story. Yeah. And then after that, we went back and did a prequel. Yes. Yeah. And it was kind of confusing because they didn't really quite say what it exactly was, other than that it was in the universe, but it didn't have anything to do with any of the current characters from the series. And you kind of figure that gotcha. it's So this it's is something maybe leading to where the Monstar virus yeah. came from, or something like that, or that, not? That's more in the Year of the Black Rainbow, which is the first volume of the... Of the actual story, is which that was, fifth album? That was the fifth that was the album. Fifth album. Okay. That's when yes. it came with the the, so, uh, the novel. So okay. the ultra prequels, which would be the Afterman, which is two albums, which mm-hmm. is Ascension and Dissension, yeah. go over a character named Cyrus Amory, yeah. who the Amory Wars, like the universe, is effectively named at, and he's the guy who discovers what is called the keywork. And the keywork is the insignia that is the band's logo. If you were to have a picture, you would see that. It is a triangle. It has seven circles surrounding it. And this is a podcast. And and I'm so excited that I got to say that for the first time. Uh, This is a podcast. And if you were to see that there is a triangle, there is a small circle in the center. There are then three other circles on each side of the triangle and three large circles that are encircling the points of the triangle. And that represents the key work. And the basis behind the story is that the universe takes place in what is called Heaven's Fence. And Heaven's Fence is a collection of 78 different planets that are all connected Mm -hmm. by seven very large stars, one of which being called Star Four, Ah. which is referenced Mm -hmm. later. And they're connected by this large beam of energy that, you know, provides, you know, transport. It provides, you know, energy to, like, power the planets themselves. Gotcha. Right. Um, and like, like, uh, warp, what are they called? Warp pathways in Star Wars or, like, uh, or like the gateways. Hyperspace lanes? Cal- hyperspace lanes. But actually physical Or more, okay, energy. so more like the gate system in Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can like, see it's that. kind of like a space freeway. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can use yeah. that way as you well. You get yeah. on and... Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's kind of how all the planets are connected, and mm-hmm. and that's what that triangle represents on their logo. Nice. Exactly. Okay, yeah. cool. And the 
real kind of kicker behind it is that they find, especially in the Afterman album, is that the real energy source is actually, this is kind of the Soylent Green is people moment, is that it's actually powered by the soul's of people who've died in the universe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And in that album, the character Cyrus Amory, he enters this space, and then he gets possessed by a series of yeah. different spirits, and like each song represents that person's tormented life yeah. beforehand. Oh, that's it's, a very, it's a very dark album. It now, is. You're giving I me mean, a lot of information here that, that is, I mean, would be considered, I suppose, kind of spoilery, but it's also like... Exciting. Is there a lot yeah. more to this beyond what you're talking about oh, as well that still yeah. would There's a lot of shock different characters. There's cause... a lot of... I guess they're angels, sort of? Protectors of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, yeah, there's quite a bit of detail beyond this. And we're just kind of giving brief highlights of behind the plot, but there's yeah. so much more. It's like if you were to just try your best to make an album to describe the Clone Wars, but so much is happening in the Clone Wars, you can't get it all in an hour and 20 yeah. minutes. Right, right. So there's so much more detail, but a lot of the story you know, incorporates dialogue, describes yeah. very epic climactic scenes, and which is what I alluded to earlier, is that Coed and Cambria, the band, they've really mastered this great technique that I think really started more in the 80s, where when you think of the standard song structure, you think the climax of the song is usually the chorus. That happens, you know, three times, so there's a multiple Maybe climaxes. There's a bridge, but yeah, sure. You know. um, if you want to argue from the guitar player standpoint, the, the guitar solo is obviously the climax. But it's usually <laughs> that you know, that can happen anywhere though. Coheed has mastered this technique which is called terminally climactic song structure. Where they will go through, and they're a very progressive rock band, you know, all the albums sound very different from one another, even songs within the album can sound very different, and inside of a song they will have multiple, like a suite, where they have a beginning slow section, and then that can change into a completely different type of song within it, but a lot of times they will end on a single section at the end, the terminally climactic part, where you have this really grand sort of you know there's overlapping you know lines kind of uh like lyrics a little bit yeah yeah so there's yeah exactly they totally do that sort of that fugue scene where you know you have multiple like lines of lyrics that build on top of each other you have multiple guitar lines that are interweaving together nice. it gets this beautiful wall of sound and it ends the song on that so you just you go from the beginning to this this grand ending and then you just want to keep going I mean, examples of this would be, um, I think, Everything Evil in the first album. Yeah. The Crowing is a perfect, oh, beautiful, one of the best yeah. endings to any song is, is yeah. All right. incredible. And the live is just like Oh, it's just, amazing. it builds. And yeah. that's the thing, it's like, and that's big, that started in the 80s, I think. If you think of, I don't know, like November Rain, the ending yeah. of the song, these the climax, or the the quintessential Freebird yeah. ending. Bohemian you, Rhapsody. Bohemian right. Rhapsody. You're getting to a very There's specific like a end point building. where yeah, you, you are constantly it. on a build yeah. to this amazing grand finale. And that happens multiple times through the yeah. album. And it really is painting this this uh, it's word painting. Story it's picture. giving you a story to like think about instead of just you know passively listening to a song. That's really cool. Yeah. But again, for me, that's something that I really interests me as, mm-hmm. as, as a listener as well, because, you know, I, I like the structure of Welcome Home, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know if that's like the quintessential sound of, of Coheed and Cambria or not. That's one of their heavier songs. It is and it isn't, because they, they've done so much with their music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, like from a, from a you know, a musician standpoint and from a listener standpoint of somebody who really does like to explore music... It's cool because, like, I mean, obviously I'm geeking out about this concept of this really high sci-fi 
yeah. system going on and this whole story and all this extra structure. But like mm-hmm. musically, that's also really cool because that's not something that I never I never considered that about Coheed and Cambria. Oh, yeah. I just assumed it was a power metal ballads with a really high squeaky voice. Like, <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, the the high pitched voice I feel like that goes back to classic you know like Italian opera from a couple hundred years ago where mm-hmm. you have the the high soprano males. They actually had the what castratas. are called castratas <laughs> that. Well, I mean. Uh, you can surgically, imagine uh, surgically enhanced yeah, singers, yeah, surgically who, who were rock stars yeah. of their day, mind uh-huh. you, and that high pitch, that that sort of abstinent that, rock stars. that goes over, mm-hmm. you know, the much <laughs> lower, deeper sort of metal vibe. Like it works for me. Yeah, you know, they've been compared to like you know Getty Lee and Rush, who's also progressive. I was gonna say I can't complain yeah. that much. I love Rush. Yeah, I don't love him as much, but I do love post Bon Scott ACDC. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, Who Made Who is is uh, one of my favorites, and that guy's got one of the most obnoxious voices, but I dig it. Uh, same thing with Getty Lee. So, yeah. like, obviously, I, and I, I have a tendency to listen to music with some strange vocals. Uh, Super Tramp is another example, but uh, other, you know, a little more far out. Yeah. Bob Dylan has a weird sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, very weird. Even Neil, I'm not a Bob Dylan guy. Neil, best, yeah. uh, Neil Young has a really, really high, annoying voice, and I love him. So, I mean, I guess I can't be too harsh on it. Yeah. It There's... just is a different combination that I'm used yeah, to, I yes. guess. Yeah. And there's something to be said about them taking very, very dark subject material and adding a very poppy spin to it. Yeah. You know, there's some really, like, you know, Dark Red Summer. Dark, dark Red Summer is a very disturbing it's, song if you read about it. Yeah. But it's done in a, a major key, and he's got this happy-go-lucky. There's, like, cheerleaders clapping in the background. It sounds, it's one of the most yeah. poppy songs ever. Oh, yeah, and oh, it's wow. fairly so dark. It, it kind of adds to that dark twist to them, is that there's yeah. this really happy guy singing over it. Right. And it, it just kind of, like, grabs you if you're willing yeah. to just kind of, like, follow yeah, down. Yeah, and that road. was part of their plan, too, because they are like, yeah, we could do this, but... You know, this is something different, and we're gonna yeah. And that's I think a nice contrast, which makes it interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right, that's that's fair. And something we touched on earlier was the meta element that happens in Good Apollo uh, Volume One. Glory, volume One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Which so, is probably yeah. It's one of my favorite things where they does really the band show up. They step oh kind of. I mean, <laughs> kind of. They yeah. step outside of the narrative because they introduce a character called the writer. And the writer is effectively the God character. They reference God obliquely throughout the entire mm-hmm. storyline. But this is where you find out that the God character, the writer, is actually the oh, person God. who's physically writing the story as you go yeah. along. Which is another allusion to Claudio in a different form. Right. Yeah. And this guy is crazy. Yeah, like He's, manic depressive. It is He's one of the most so manic kind of albums. A little about his process and the things he struggles with. Yeah, and the things going on in his life that's affecting the story. So it's like extra meta with Claudio going through similar stuff, obviously not as crazy, but he's put an end to this character and this character is writing, I'm doing air quotes right now, it's a podcast, you can't see it, (laughs) is writing the story and you can, I got the comic right here and you can see it in the last couple pages. Like you can flip through the first. Oh, I like that he's like, shirtless and crazy writing on the ground on the cover yes here. yeah this uh, is probably one of the we healthiest we'll probably post some of these images when we post this on mm-hmm. our facebook also yeah. if you're looking for references you can find them there yeah. i would say this is one of the healthiest examples of displacement that you can imagine in that or, or even you know this person he's dealing in real life with the worst breakup at the time and literal demons and, and yes yeah. and yeah. he instead takes that creative energy and now he decides that he's going to write basically the world's greatest prog rock breakup album yeah. so 
this character that he's writing through experiences, you know, what you'd get through a breakup of, you know, I really love this person, I don't want them to go, and then a second later, I want to kill this person. You know, it just yeah, goes... the last line of it is, is to kill you all. Yes, oh, that is the ending of one of the most sweetest lullabies you've ever heard in your life. That's just yeah. beautiful. And then it ends with this twist, like... What, what, what? Yeah. What? Uh, and, and then the Welcome Home launches gets, into yeah. that. And it just, like, hits you. Oh, it's so really? cinematic. Yeah. It is yeah. beyond anything. So, and then this character, the writer, he is now deciding, he's going back and forth, you know, do how do I deal with these characters in the story? How do I deal with my own love life? And he decides, through this god power that he has, he physically enters into the story through what is called the Willing Well, which is described in a uh, four-part suite, which is, like, 30 oh, minutes gosh. long. Which is excellent. Oh my god! And then he decides that he's going to end the story the way he wants, directly, and kills off a character, mortally wounds another one, and then just kind of pieces out with his 10-speed yeah. bicycle demon friend. <laughs> Which is another single of theirs. Yeah, and one of the characters that he himself creates as like a hallucination, but is also kind of morphs into a real character, is... A literal 10-speed bicycle that literally tells yeah. him to just kill them all. Yeah. Just like a... Oh, yeah. As a very psychotic element to this character. It's a very strange album. That is... Yeah, that's a little weird. But if you're into it, oh man, it just hits yeah. on every level. They have the best defining guitar work, I think, across their entire catalog yeah. on the album. On album. I think yeah. it's listed in the top 100 guitar albums of all time, in fact. Wow. Yeah. I do love me some good guitar, like yeah. Eric Johnson. Uh, oh, sweet, uh, so What is it? Cliffs of Dover? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, some that's some good driving music is what mm -hmm. that is. Mm -hmm. And there's more to be said, I feel like, just little elements that make this extra cinematic. If I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, what they call light motifs. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this started, for, for all the listeners, this is back, you know, opera times. This was, I think, Wagner doing what he's called the, the ring cycle. And this is where, you know, before you see a character enter on stage, they play a, a little snippet of music and you know they're there. This is referenced in Star Wars, for example, oh, yeah. where you hear bum 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 ba da 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 da, yeah. and you kind of know ah, like Darth theme. Vader's coming yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. So There's they do that. Happening. Yeah. Koei does the same exact thing. They have repeated motifs that start from like literally the first theme you hear on the first album, first song, yeah. mm -hmm. gets echoed in later albums. Yeah. And yeah. even yeah. grander like symphonic arrangements too, yeah. with orchestras, um, yeah. hidden within other. You yeah, know, I was gonna ask. Okay, because yeah. one of my favorite things about Rogue One was how. They hid Vader's theme around mm -hmm. the Imperial March into the final song. I yeah. hope they they worked it into hope. It's yeah. just like yeah. slightly off key and really slow, mm -hmm. or was it really fast? I don't even remember. It's but slow. it's it's in there. So do mm -hmm. they continue these motifs for these oh, characters? Because yeah. that's also a big thing they do in Steven Universe, but mm -hmm. they do it with instrumentation mm -hmm. instead. Do they do that as just, well? Yeah, very similar. Yeah. They do that. There's another similar theme that is the intro song to the second album that they bring back in further albums later on in more cool. grandiose. And there's a, um, um, there's a, there's a clip of piano notes that they'll use that's representing time. Yeah, that's that would be yeah. Yeah, so but that happens on every album. In fact, it's on one of their newer songs they just put out mm. at the end of the song. Which we will get to in a bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which was really cool when people heard it, and then because it's very faint at the end. Mm -hmm. If you get done with the song, and you're like, okay, that was really cool, and it's they're still kind of playing out, and you're kind of like yeah. skipping over it, and then you kind of like realize what it is. You're like, oh, oh shit, that's oh cool. 
They are a big fan of Easter eggs, especially yeah. in the very first few albums. There was always a hidden bonus track that if you let yeah. play for such period of time, you know, five minutes or longer, then a hidden track would reveal itself. That's an Neat. extra part of the yeah. storyline. And some songs would even just, in a sharp cut, yeah, there'd yeah. be like yeah. a sharp cut where you're in the, just the middle of this happy-go-lucky song, and all of a sudden it cuts to Blood Red Summer from the previous yeah. album. Yeah, so, that and, was so Yeah, that was they cool. will make that's random cool. cuts. And when those hit, you're like, oh my God, that's what's yeah. getting you to that. It's all actually connected, and it just kind of keeps gotcha. you yeah. waiting and hungering for kind of more. Okay, so, before, so have we gone through all of the... Amory War story at this no. point we have one more album so we this. finished off because we, we did the one prequel and then we yeah. went all the way to episode 5 yeah. and then the next thing that came out was the non-album yes right? so, okay, so before we get to that I have a question sure is it really obvious when you're listening to this stuff or are there like threads and people all over the place trying to figure this out and piece it together like a puzzle I would say more like the second it's a lot yeah. easier now because they've gone back to pretty much everything and provided you the actual material. Context, but yeah, the so. one missing thing that I mentioned earlier was that volume two of Good Apollo and Burning Star 4 so the last still one doesn't have any official complete visual or yeah. novelization to give you that definitive okay. thing. So it kind of keeps you like, you know, a bad gambler yeah. at the table. George R. R. Martin not releasing the last two books. You're like, <laughs> yeah. come on, get to it. Yeah. But, but Claudio is almost done with the reissue of volume one. So... After that, hopefully, he will go yeah. on to that and actually complete okay. Yeah, although it's very Wars. cool because they'll do album breakdowns, and he'll say what's going on with the story as each song is going on. Okay. Sometimes they're hard to find, but they're they're on YouTube. But again, like you have to sit and look is for them. Is it like and, commentary, or is it like, yeah. here's a pamphlet? It's a little bit of both. Okay. Depending on mm-hmm. the song, depending on the album and what, what they're going for gotcha. for the interview. Gotcha. But he's very open about what's going on with the story at the time and what it involves, you know. So that's kind of cool that he's... He's not leaving it to, like, your imagination. Like, he is, but he's still, like... Yeah. Did people argue more. when this first came out over, like, what they thought certain songs meant to the story? Oh, oh man. Oh, they yeah. had yeah. fan pages, the Cobalt and Calcium fan page, where there were just threads of everyone trying to figure out what exactly does this lyric mean? How does this fit? Yeah. There's, like, Reddit sub-threads I've seen of people it. just going through. Sounds yeah. Like- Sounds like the Silent Hill fandom. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they Everyone's have their own, like, fandom own. wiki page that has everything, but it stops at a specific point, which is Volume 2, which we're all waiting for, like, that final story to come mm-hmm. in. And what they did a good job is starting, actually, with the Year of the Black Rainbow, is that they started these deluxe packages where they will give yeah. you the novelization or, you know, their artwork behind it with the album, so that way you Neat. can listen to it, yeah. you could follow along, and they make it really streamlined from that point on. The he owns his own comic company evil in comics yeah you can go on the website you can find all this stuff there oh, yeah. or you can find it on amazon too yeah or if you're at a comic-con like we were you get them at the, find get the, booth. the booth yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i actually got claudio's autograph three or four years ago at comic-con and he was just sitting in his booth there wasn't a line i just walked right up and he was super cool we talked for a quick minute i got jacob um, a signed copy of one of the issues actually for his birthday who just texted me it was really sad that he's not with us right now talking about mm, it with yeah. us sorry buddy sorry buddy i still love you I still love right. you too. I do have to geek out because there's so few times I can actually say this to people yes. who appreciate it. I have seen them four times, okay. all very different. Yeah. Um, two of these times was when they did what is called the Never Ender tour, yes. where they now, at the 10 year anniversary of these albums, will play them from start to finish in entirety live. Yes. Do they have visuals to go along with it to watch? Yeah, sometimes in the background. Yeah. Okay. They even yeah. had a complete album done a few years ago where they did the three albums they had at the time and they did them. One day was Second Stage Turbine Blade. Yeah. Next day was yeah. the next album. played in the city for three they, or four days. Oh, sorry, it was four in a row. Yeah. yeah. They so it's like four days. seeing the Valkyrie. Basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so if they have the know. DVD, 
And so it, it's cool. So they did the album, and they did kind of a like a best of, like, last 10 yeah. minutes of the show, 10, 15 minutes they played. For those of you who don't know, uh, The Valkyrie is such a long opera that it is often done in multiple nights. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they did it. Yeah. So I went to and two this of is these, really right? like a modern opera. Yeah, like, yeah. it is. It's it a really space is. opera. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's super cool. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's not, I had it's a rock never, opera. It's a comic book rock opera. imagined that that's what was going on because I mean it's got like under the scenes you've got the hero's journey you've got these songs that are like I mean you you better these guys can play their instruments but also they are fantastic musicians arguably from everything you've told me this guy's understanding of music is is much like somebody who might compose an opera oh totally which is really cool that he has this all working in and he has these light motifs and these like little hints to fugues and these throwbacks to these Mm -hmm. other things that's incredible I think he doesn't have he isn't this I is the thing. In interviews, if you go back to, uh, I believe it is the, the behind-the-scenes DVD of, I'm pretty sure it's The Afterman, mm-hmm. he himself says that he has no music theory training behind any of this. Yeah. He's doing all Screw this. this guy. I'm telling you, this <laughs> yeah. is like where, yeah. it, where it breaks like down everything you know, but like, oh my god, like he's doing everything he's doing, making beautiful harmonies, building, building yeah. guitar lines, all just from what sounds right. Yeah. And that's what he's done. Well, he apparently has done it incredibly well. Yeah. yeah. And, and like B-Rom, I got to meet the band, the whole band. At one of these Neverenders, I bought this birthday gift to myself six months in advance. Was that the one uh, last year? No, two this was t- a few years ago. It was the Neverender for Inkeeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Oh, and I got okay. to meet them briefly, shake all their hands, just geek out for a second. Yeah. And I out-nerded the drummer. Because <laughs> there's a hidden track of that song, uh-huh. or of that album called 21. 13, yeah. which is a specific time in military for 9.13 at night. Mm-hmm. And the the concert started a little after 7, so I told them going in, I was like, you know, guys, it would just be the greatest coincidence if you could play the song 21.13 on 21.13. And the drummer kind of looked at me, he was like, what? Like, he just didn't get it. And yeah. Claudio just looks at him, he's like, he's talking about the song, man. Like, he knew exactly what I was talking about. But the drummer was just like, I don't know, I'm just here to look good. And I'm just here to play the drums. Like, he was just riding it. <laughs> it was if that so was great. during the NeverEnder series, that would have been Chris Penny, who is the second drummer who came in afterwards. So, this actually kind of explains, you know, why didn't they really work it to have enough time to do Volume 2 appropriately, is at the time, there was a lot of lineup changes. Yeah. The original drummer, Josh Eppard, he left... And he was replaced by Chris Penny. Yep. But there was a conflict there, and he wasn't allowed to actually drum on yes. their so album. So he can write the album. He wrote the album with the band, but he couldn't actually play on it. Guess who played on it? Dave Grohl? No. Oh. Close. <laughs> Close. Close. Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. Fighters. I freaking love yes. Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, so yeah. technically, he drums. there is a Foo Fighters coheed just in a relationship for that yeah. album alone. Yeah. He's Dude. playing the part written by Chris Penny, I though. I yeah. love Taylor Hawkins. Oh, yeah. He's so good. He's so, so amazing. Cool. Yeah. So, I, oh. so, of course, I freaked out when I found out that was happening. I did, too. And so there's, I was like, here. Yeah. You heard it first. So, there's a few, because they did a behind-the-scenes DVD for it. And it really sucks because he's not in there that much. Uh-huh. But there's mm-hmm. a few shots of him playing or just like in the studio. And you're like, oh shit, it's him. It's yeah. really him. And, and, and when that they filmed... Really exactly. When they filmed yeah. the NeverEnder series, the, the four-day concert epic, he's the drummer at the time. Yeah. And during the final cut, which is the oh closing blues like jam of that Yeah, they'll song, jam it out to 20 minutes. It was, it was yeah. 23 we'll, we'll minutes. And yeah. seven of those, at least, was Chris Penny doing a drum solo and the whole time. John Bob. 
bottom exactly. status. Yeah. And it was crushing. You see this picture of this guy holding like a beer, just like his jaw hitting the floor, like, oh my god. Yeah. It's and so then you good. see like the band walk off stage to let him do his thing, and they're just chilling watching. Real quick. They Is this an actual really good quality drum solo? Yes. Yeah. So oh, we'll, we'll throw it up later. If, if you lo- real, we would love to rewatch it. Yeah, I've seen it numerous times. I'm a real skeptic of drum solos. He, oh, no, yeah. Chris Penny is a He's one of the best drummers. He's like far technically superior yeah. to Josh Efford, but Josh has got this great energy about him, and even it, Claudio yeah. says that he's his favorite drummer because he gives him so much energy to work with yeah, that and he's just really exciting. Who and played on Welcome Home? That was, that was Josh original, yeah. original guy. So he, he, he ended up coming back later on. Gotcha. Much later on before yeah. as, as Chris was leaving, but around the same time, their bass player, <laughs> Mike Todd, got a... busted because he tried to rob a pharmacy because yeah. he was addicted to painkillers and then tried to go back to the show that night yeah. and they caught him yeah. and he was on house arrest for a long, for a long time and they yeah. had to you know officially cut ties with him and everything. It was bad. So actually when I got Claudio's autograph at Comic-Con, it was that summer. Oh. And so you could, oh, you God. had this look so on So he's like, I'm just chilling because what else am I going to do? Kind of, but also he, you know, because I was there and there's a few other people coming up and you could tell he was kind of nervous. He's like, don't ask about the basis. Don't ask about the basis. Not me, <laughs> yeah. but like he was just like, please nobody ask about it. He didn't want to come out and say like, hey, I don't want to talk about it because as soon as he did, people were going to start talking about it. Right. And so you can tell he was very apprehensive about doing anything anyways mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to avoid it but yeah still a cool dude like sat and talked oh, man was, yeah that was huge that was one of those moments again where you think like this is gonna like fracture and break this band it was just such a, an intense and it was story question yeah. yes you met the guy i don't know why i didn't think to ask this earlier but you met the guy you uh-huh. met the guy yeah what's his speaking voice sound like normal it's deep yeah it's he's kind of got a deep voice so he kind of sings in falsetto yeah he's right. he sings it very well over the years he's kind of tamed it down a little because it's yeah. hard to keep that level yeah, up that's yeah. like if you go back his if, throat. You know, right. if you go back and listen to um a favorite house atlantic off the second album it is the highest you'll ever hear from the beginning and it's one of the first singles where people are like yeah i don't really like this this is too high pitched when he does that nowadays it is like way like probably an octave lower yeah. like paul mccartney yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes yeah. with age. I mean, you yeah. can't do it so much. And yeah. yeah. He's got a, they got a few songs like that, but they still pull it off. Yeah. Oh, oh, like of it's like early Prince. Like I mean, oh, Prince yeah. Prince sang so high that he uh, rumored to have an album that he pretended to be a woman on. And oh, wow. They just put it in the vault. They're like, no. Oh, oh that's God. right. Yeah. They like wow. pitched it a little bit, but like he sang it with like a woman style vocals. Yeah. Uh, you know, as it were. But like you listen to his later stuff, and he definitely leans more on. I mean, he still will do his like high pitched scream mm-hmm. and stuff, which yeah. is great. But like. You have to. You can't. You can't keep that up forever. Right. You know, yeah. Adele doesn't have her her second or her last album is not nearly as cracky as the first one was because it's dangerous for your vocal cords. Mm-hmm. So True. yeah, I get that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Welcome Home was on the third album. That was third the third album to be okay. released. Yes. Okay. So then there was the fourth album, which is the second volume, and then there was the prequel album. Yes. Where they replaced the drummer. Where they replaced the, the, the Chris Penny's the there bass. now, yes. but then shortly thereafter that was released was when they had replaced the bassist, yeah. and before the next album they had the replacement Zach Cooper, uh, Who's that? and and that is he's just a. Uh, I think he was... What did he do? He was... I don't remember what bands he was with. He was actually... No, what instrument did he do? Oh, he's a bass player. Oh, he bass replaced, player. Okay. He, he replaced, replaced yeah. uh, Mike Todd. Mike um, Todd. He was actually a virtual unknown at that point, but, you know, they just knew him from, you know, the New Jersey, New York 
scene, yeah. and they brought him on and auditioned he's him. Freaking and he, good. He's been with, oh, he's amazing. He's, he's been, been with ever them since? ever since. Yeah, ever wow. Since, yeah. um, and I then shortly there, shortly thereafter, Chris Penny also left, and he was replaced with Josh Eppard again. Drummer. He came back gotcha. from being yeah. away what, for a while. Why did Josh Eppard leave in the first place? Just his, so him and the bassist left career. at the same time. Then the bassist came back like a month later. Uh, but the drummer yeah. wanted to do his own thing. I think he's a rapper too. I think there was some substance. Some hip hop uh, band. He, he was had in, another in project he wanted to work on. I, yeah. I respect that, yeah, yeah. and that actually works perfectly because right as you know, Mick Todd gets you know he's sent to jail and then house arrest. <laughs> this is actually a period of time where the lead members of the band, they started delving more into their side projects. Yeah, gotcha. So Claudio's side project is called The Prize Fighter Inferno, which is based off of a character from the greater storyline. And this story (laughs) takes place even even further in the past. Yeah. And it's just... on Earth, too? It's it's on Earth. It's a very... It has almost nothing really to do, I think, with the greater story, but it's narrated by that character who dies partway through the main storyline but yeah. he's he's sort of a robot he's got some extra things going on about him cool um, it's very yes yeah. yeah it's a very sci-fi story it's cool too that he's doing that, he, that they've done this much because the concept of building a universe cinematically mm. that is really really broad is mm-hmm. relatively new i mean we we just had the alien universe get you know things like prometheus and stuff which are very on the side right and uh, the marvel universe of course and the dc universe but it's not super common. The Cloverfield one, that's another one. It's not super oh, common right. that we have, like, a barely a side tie-in, except for maybe the Bond films. Yeah. And, and a few other... But even still, you never, you're never going to see, like, you know, coming this summer, Money Penny. Like, you're not going to see that. <laughs> but, like, yeah. this, this concept of let's explore all the avenues of where this universe can go mm-hmm. is... It, he's kind of ahead of his time in that regard. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah. And even on that, he had two albums with not the, the side so album uh, with uh, Price for Inferno. He's done two albums with them. The second one was like a smaller EP, but one of those songs I called, didn't realize it was called on there. Yeah, it's called Half Measures. And the whole lyrics are about Mike Todd being like imprisoned, basically. And it's oh, kind geez. of like an ode to him. And it's like one of the most beautiful songs that he. he oh, wow. I, wow. I, um, I, I still have it on repeat. Album. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. And then at the same token, he has a song that's basically uh, the romantic uh, perspective of Freddy Krueger on Nightmare on Elm Street. So he just kind of works with it. You yeah. work with what you got, I guess. Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's kind of all over the map sometimes. But now, did he have a problem with prescription pills as well? Because I noticed that that was a problem in the Amory Wars, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4. There's there's an issue he's having a little bit in there in a couple of the panels. Did yeah. that come up for him as I well? I think him personally, he's done very well. Like he's seen it in his family and with other people. That he himself, I don't think there's any you know documented you know, substance abuse okay. problems. His real creative outlet has been through the music and the comics, gotcha. and that's been his you know his healthy alternative. Right, but with uh, his sublimation, he's plenty to pull from if he wants to yeah, add that in as a part exactly. of it. Exactly. And then this is the great thing. You remember how I said that horrible breakup album, which was, you know, the really climax of like his most negative time. That woman that it was about is now his wife. Huh. Yeah. And she sings with the band yeah. and on, on, you know, and sometimes, yeah, they do. She, 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 she co-writes the, the comics. Yeah, they're like a major wow. team now. Yeah. So it seems a bit awkward to me that, yeah. you know, when she's there singing background vocals to, you know, like, you know, I want you to die right now. Will you drink my chemical? It's just like these horrible yeah. lines that are about like wanting to murder her in a, in a very healthy way now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's there singing with him. Yeah. The, the um, a music video I, did, I worked on two years ago the woman who wrote it was hanging out with her ex and they decided to go to a concert. And as they walked into the concert, the song she co-wrote for said concert, because she was a, she helped with the, the artist that they oh, were working okay. on, 
like they walked in as they were playing basically her breakup song with oh, the yeah. ex that she was hanging with. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, but uh, I mean, if you're gonna throw that out into the world, I yeah. guess you gotta kind of expect it. Yeah, right. that's it's cool that that they're that they've made it through that. Uh, yeah. yeah, terrible time. Yeah. yeah, and then ultimately we came to uh, the color before the sun, which yeah, is which their album. Where as it's an album. it's an album, it's just a regular album, no storyline attachment. I'm surprised they kept the Coheed and Cambria thing. I wonder. Yeah, if well, it was interesting because for a while. They didn't put out an album for a little while. Like, what are they doing? Because they said they're not breaking up, but they're going to try something new. Yeah. They didn't have anything for a while, and they put out the album. Um, I really liked it. There's some really good songs on there. It was a little short at like 10 songs. Now, you had told me about this earlier. You said when it came out, it was a little sad because it was kind of like seeing the next project of somebody after your show has been canceled. And you're like, oh, you're really moving on? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was the, my whole thought was it's basically, you know... When you hear that Star Wars is officially ended, they finished the trilogy, there's there's no more, and then you just kind of going on to the next thing with George Lucas, begrudgedly, like, I really wish we can go back. Yeah. Um, it's like, this is good and all, but, but that other stuff was really cool. Yeah. Like, I appreciate, like, you still can crush it. You guys are really good at this, but I kind of, I'm missing that concept album a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, like, yeah. it would be great, but, you know, Claudio said numerous times over the years, he's you know, like, the whole story's over like there's yeah. no room the to go back done, yeah. now when they did this album did people try to see if it fit in somewhere and i'm just... sure they did oh i did i like <laughs> to pretend sometimes that those yeah. songs can fit into oh the yeah great thing yeah special I mean, edition <laughs> yeah exactly like you can you can use your own How imagination to work does. it anyway yeah. yeah but i mean they're still a great band that you can't change that they're incredible musicians at each of their given talents yeah yeah that's um, really cool Exactly. So then you were sad for a while. I was, was sad for a while. About three years I, ago, I buried my head in a, a lot of books for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Did you listen to in the meantime. I honestly, I didn't listen to much Coheed for a while. I, I felt like you know I'm focusing on you know, being in medical school. I just kind of put Pandora on, mm-hmm. was just listening to random stuff, trying to like you know to you know spread my wings a little. Uh, and then the announcement came out. The announced uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Because Coheed started being really cryptic. They were posting things on social media. Yeah. That, that my just, favorite thing to do. They, yeah. Yeah. They just had, you know, just instrumental piano music, some really creepy, like, imagery. Like, is yeah. this kind of like, like... what's is, going on? This kind of looks like... time motif. This that? looks like they're starting in, like, Saw 10 no. or... Like, I don't know what's happening here. And then it, they announced it that they are going back to that universe and in what is now called Vaxis which is in not just a four-parter, it is a five-parter, yeah. uh, act one through five, ultimately, which is the greatest thing. It's like when they tell you, oh, hey, episode seven is coming out in a couple years, and you're just overwhelmed with this rush of yeah. joy and excitement and happiness. Or and like it feels so good to be back. That the Clone Wars was coming back? Oh, yeah. Oh, Did you hear that? Yes. And, and because of you guys, I started watching those episodes. I'm nice. slowly getting through season one in the little, t- little time Brian I have. Brian and I literally oh, yeah. cried. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. We were in a panel and we literally cried. Yeah. Along with oh, everybody else. I mean, yeah, oh, everybody man. was in there ugly crying. Yeah. yeah. We told Dave Filoni that we ugly cried. Actually. Yeah, we saw him later we on. We saw yeah. as we were walking yeah. past. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. That's another that incredible. So that's another podcast, which is probably out this week. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> So, okay, so then they made their announcement. What have they released? 
They've released thus far like three songs, three technically four songs, right? Because there's but a with three yeah. music videos, and now they're doing what's really interesting is that they're providing like music videos for everything that they're releasing instead yeah. of just the MP4 audio file. They're giving you the direct visualization and. Unlike some other music videos, which have very loose connection to the actual the story. story, this is yeah. like you are straight up watching it yeah. as if it's like a movie. Neat. Yeah, yeah. So we watched we had, one earlier. Yeah, yeah. We had one we on did. earlier, and you see some cool spaceships and some cool like yeah. bounty hunter alien looking things. Yeah, it's not. Or... It's not super detail in the animation, but the work, the artwork yeah, itself, is gorgeous. really beautiful. Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, the, one, cool the image we've had up on the screen. So this is a podcast. There's an image up on the screen, oh. and it's got this like super cool. It almost looks like somebody blew up the moon, put it back together, and pretended that it was Starkiller Base. Yeah, um, this, yeah, very much. Is it a weird lens thing? But it probably is less easy to just yeah. just destroy, destroy. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I can't speak with total certainty about what happened in the end of the final album because there's no real written uh, yeah. story to describe it. But right. you can pretty much gather that the Claudio character has you know, defeated everyone, but part in doing so, he had to essentially sacrifice himself and destroy the entire keywork to release all of the souls so they're no longer enslaved. But that right. kind of destroys the, the rest of everything. Right. Because so, again, everything's so, being held together by the... By the keywork. Yeah, so, yeah. but that's gone now. Yeah, and it's a necessary evil for their so, society to function at that moment. Yeah, yeah. So now it's kind of picking up in that universe. Those characters who were previously there, I'm assuming they're all gone. They had to die. Most, pretty much they all died. Do we know if there's time way. jump? I don't know if they've stated we, how we much further yeah. ahead in time it has to be. I haven't really looked on the new album too much. Yeah, so. it, it could be a few years. I'm assuming it's just, you know, these survivors who are, you know, just scrambling around for resources and fighting and in this bloodbath to yeah. kind of, you know, stay claim and you know, gain civilization in a, sort of like a Mad Max kind of way. Nice. Yeah. I can think on that. Yeah. Again, the, every new album has like a new sort of like theme that's attached to it in a way. There's usually a new style in which they are playing, but they're very much the, the same. You know, they have the similar musical themes that they play yeah. with. Lyrics, they, they always have, you know, the same kind of like running line that goes through the Amory Wars which is like uh, what if what have I done what did I do to deserve all of this or deserve all of you he kind of echoes yeah. the same line throughout everything and I'm excited to see them take some of those elements from previous albums yeah, and right. work them in here. and they already started where you hear like faintly the the time traveling motif yeah. They don't make it super obvious all the time. They kind of make you work a little for it. Yeah, and that makes gotcha. it extra rewarding when you can, like, you know, you catch out. It. You yeah. know the Easter eggs because, you know, you've gone through this whole catalog thus right, far. Right. Yeah. Okay, so as somebody who has not gone through this catalog so far, there's a few questions I have. One, if I went on Spotify, which this they are all, all this music is available on Spotify, Apple mm-hmm. Music, and Amazon Music, I'm sure... Well, Amazon Music, I looked this up. They do not have all the albums. They specifically hmm. have... Go to Paula Volume 1. You have to upgrade and buy the unlimited version to get access to the songs because it's clearly really? the most popular. But all the, the other ones are there. That's kind of their huh. way of you know, getting you to pay, gotcha. fork over the extra dough. Right. But I honestly, I went to YouTube and they're all still there. All yeah, Even yeah. all of Never Ender and their albums, uh, live concerts, they're all there. Okay. Yeah. So either way, if I go to one of these music streaming sites, do you, to get just a taste of this, recommend listening to just a few of their hits or would you say dive into the albums and just go start to finish would you say start to finish chronologically or start to finish release order this is the same question we have with star wars yeah all the time so what's what's the order because mm-hmm. it because you you don't really get a feel for the story 
you get a little bit of a feel for the story as you're listening. So you could go out of order or go like chronological order, mm-hmm. but you could also just do release order too. Yeah, I think if you really want to just get a feel for the band, you've heard literally nothing of them. Yeah, you could listen to the singles and see yeah. if this is the kind of band I'm interested in hearing more about. And if you choose to want to explore it, you can go however way you want. Because again, every album has its own feel. So yeah. the very first one that was released is a lot more sort of hardcore. You know, a lot like, you know, there's more kind of screaming as an effect in the background. It's right. a bit jarring to get into. But if you start it at a, a later album, even just the second or third, they're a bit more approachable in a manner too. Yeah. So you don't always have to start exactly in order. Okay. Yeah. And their style morphs, so there could be one of these albums that really speaks to you, and you don't necessarily have to have started at the beginning to get there. It's really up to you how you like to approach it. And if you do think, oh, there's a lot more to this, there's a story behind it, maybe I'll start in the beginning. You, that You can totally do that. Right. right. And you don't have to start with album one to start that story. You can go back and do no. this. That, that exactly. Yeah. And by album one, I mean... Second stage. The second stage Se- turbine play. The second yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, okay, so because on, on Spotify, like, the most popular ones right off the bat are, like, Welcome Home, The Dark Sentencer, A Favorite one. House Atlantic. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. these, are, these are songs that, like, at least two of them I've heard before, mm-hmm. but never in, the, never in this context and never with this mindset that I should listen it's to what they're talking about. And, and yeah, even still, exactly. if, I, if I did listen to Welcome Home to understand what they were talking about, like... It's going to take some time for me to listen to him before I can even understand what the guy's saying. (laughs) At some point, he might mention mayonnaise, and I don't even know what that's about. Yeah, (laughs) still a good song. It's a great song. But, okay, so your favorites, then, that's the next question. You're like, if you're going to be like, okay, this is the album that I was like, oh, I am in it for the long haul from here on out. No Mm. question. I would say the third one. Good Apollo Volume 1. Uh, or no, the second one, which the third is episode. the third episode. That's why in yeah. keeping secrets and keeping secrets. Yeah, that was that was the first album of theirs I heard all the way through and mm-hmm. like really loved. Got it. And then I heard Second Stage, and then that's when Good Apollo Part One came out, and that's pretty much a lot of fans like most favorite one. And that I get bored halfway because it's, it's a really long. It's a good album. Don't get me wrong. It's just really long, and my ADD kicks in. I'm like, okay, what else is going on? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I am very much a firm believer, and I stand behind Good Apollo Volume One through and through. It's yeah. it is my album that speaks to me. I could sit and hear it all the way through, or I could jump in at any one song, and I yeah. love every song. And I'm the kind of person who, in in a given band, I like maybe two or three songs. I don't usually sit and listen to an entire album. Yeah. For Code and Cambria, I can put on any one of their albums and feel like I could just listen to it start to finish through. and really enjoy the entire experience. And That's the cool. one I get the most out of it is the third album, which is Good Apollo Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And as a guitar player and like having you know spent many hours learning the songs myself and really appreciating the intricacies and just the crushing chord progressions and solos that they have, yeah. it's just like it totally speaks to me on that level too. Right and just that meta element of stepping outside yeah. and like interacting with the story, it's it's got so much that's like new but still really speaks to you on, a, on like a basic level. Okay. Uh, so that is my definitive personally, but yeah. everyone has their own opinion. I've talked to people who who started from literally like 2002, and they swear that second stage Turbine Blade is, is like the, their album. Yeah, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. everybody's got a and, yeah. And some people could have just started a couple of years ago and say, "Hey, Color Before the Sun." Yeah. Nothing related to the concept, and I love these songs. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't gonna judge on that. I get you. Do you feel like they improved in skill as time went by, or do you think each oh, one yeah. has a really good? Because if I start listening to their fourth album which is the first in the story and then yes. i switch from that into 
their first album, which is the second in the story, as I'm going through progressing linear or, uh, or chronologically, yeah. you know, am I going to be like, whoa, Throw it off we're, a little bit? we're, no, we're not, not really. rocking as hard as we could, or maybe we're rocking not way too hard. Not necessarily. Like, okay. like, as most bands do, like, they, they get better in their instrument as they're playing. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and, and sometimes getting better doesn't necessarily mean that the sound the song improves is, right. so much as mm-hmm. it just changes. Yeah. Because some bands, like, I mean, the, the sound... Of the Foo Fighters and the yeah. earlier stuff, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say is nearly as technically fantastic, but it has a no. certain grittiness to it that I really love. Yeah, yeah. So kind of that post post grunge world, and now it's more of a just a rock kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. kind of defined their genre as yeah. it is, but that's another podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, if it's been ten years from the first released album to the first chronological album, there's going to be different production value. Oh, yeah. They've definitely especially on that first yeah. album. Yeah, and Year of the Black Rainbow is probably one of their most, I would say, you know, it's very well produced. That Like, the feeling that you get in the very first song, like, carries in every single song from that point onward. Some people would argue that, you know, I didn't like that one as much for, you know, for this such reason. But it still, as an album, like, everything feels very well connected. I love a good cohesive album. It, they're all very yeah. cohesive and that's yeah. what you know it, that's why they really stand the test of time I think and the big thing is that since every album has its own feel you can listen to them in any number of an order really and like you're always gonna expect that it's gonna sound different than where you came from and no matter what yeah. way alright so okay you sold me I mean, I was still probably about half an hour ago, but all right. I like, especially with all the music motifs and, and all the complications in it and the fact that it does change sound a lot. Yeah. That's my jam because I put things on shuffle all the time and I like having multiple kind of genres going oh, in there. And yeah, if we're yeah. going to bend the genre multiple ways, I'm just as happy as uh, with that. Yeah. Okay. So, so then the second question I have is what do you recommend reading order reading now that order? we have a comic book attached to this? I mean, reading order, you could... It makes more sense to do it chronologically yeah. within the story because mm-hmm. it's it's the actual story. Do you recommend so characters... skipping? Oh, we can't. You can't skip Good Apollo because there's nothing after it. Right. Yeah, but if you want, you could technically go back and you could start with the Afterman, which is the first in, yeah. in the real Amory War story that has a visual aid behind it. Fair. Yeah. Then you Sets can go forward universe, from there. Not uh, necessarily the characters themselves, but the whole universe. So you kind of get to. A, Good little background. Okay. And the, so the then novel. you could read the novelization. Yeah, so you can which read the novelization, the which, yeah, which sets up the actual characters of Coheed and Cambria, which aren't in the later. And that's novels. with Ascension and Dissension, or is that so? Uh, the Afterman, Ascension, Dissension is about Cyrus Amory, kind okay, of yeah. who is really discovering this entire you know framework of what we're going to delve okay, into right. later. There's albums. the triangles. Yeah. yeah, the first CD that describes you know the Amory Wars, which is Year of the Black Rainbow, describes the creation of these characters, Cody and Cambria, mm-hmm. the the people who developed them. You're starting to learn about who this the evil bad guy is, is right. Wilhelm Ryan and his yeah. henchmen, and what they're kind of up to, which sets us up for where we start chronologically with the second stage turbine blade where at this point you know we now know these characters so when we actually lose some of them by the end of that album it feels much more emotional instead of just oh oh wow they're already gone huh yeah the the band still has their name so that was weird why did we care about them yeah it's like you know why doesn't jk rawlings make a band called you know James and Lily Potter. Like, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, and it just ties everything in together. Okay, so we got four main stories then, right? We've got the Amory story, and that would be... Ascension, Descension. Ascension, Descension. And then we have the... Amory Wars. The Amory Wars, which mm-hmm. is basically albums one through four... Or one through technically five, one but there's five. four volumes. Right, and then we have the 
meta storyline of what's going on with the writer, yeah. right? Which is worked in with. And one then of them. we have the story on Earth as well. Yeah, uh, in, in, one the, the, in the side projects, in the side project. Yeah. If you want to go there as well. Yeah, cool. And now we have the continuation. With the, which is the now Vaxus, Vaxus, which is yeah. going to be is five acts. Which five acts. So is, is it five albums? albums or I five? believe so. Wow. That's which pretty is, cool. Which is, yeah. You I mean, they're this far in their career, you know, 15 plus years. Yeah. And they're it's just not just like, going to be a fifth song after this, and they're going to be like, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to do one album that's act one, and then a second album that's acts two through five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what, like, guys? Just they... a bit off more than we can chew. Yeah. But you know what, They've done stuff like that with songs where they, they theme it after whatever character storyline for a second mm-hmm. like they have um, are you talking about like the sweets yeah like the sweets and that's another element of them expanding is that in the first album second stage show Blade, there aren't any sweets it's just you know the 10 plus songs and then you're good you have a hidden track and it's fine the second album they have a suite at the end called the camper valorium where there's three songs that describe an entire series of events towards the end of the story. That's mm-hmm. neat. And yeah. then in Good Apollo, when I describe the the Willing Well, which is how he enters through realities, mm-hmm. that is a four song suite. Yeah, when you great. get to volume two, there is a five song suite, which is called The End Complete. Nice. And then okay. you finally is, end yeah, with that's the, the whole yeah. story. Yeah. Wow. And one of the songs is a, an instrumental. And mm-hmm. Claudio said, like, that song is the castle crumbling and like, the villain losing. Like, there's no lyrics to it. It's just it's an instrumental oh, song. I think it's technically the word... In that regard. It's like the word no is said 64 times or something, technically. But yeah, it's, 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 it's again, <laughs> yeah. where he will have songs that are just instrumental just to kind of, like, paint a scene for you. And they're yeah. not necessarily... Like, you don't have to just sit there and be like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this instrumental if you want. Um, but otherwise, it... it flows into the greater concept of the album itself. Yeah. All right. Well, I got my last Coheed question then. Okay. Before we have to close this and wrap this all up. But what if I wasn't as willing to listen to metal? That's cool, because they're not really metal. They got a few songs that are heavier, but they're very... They were kind of toted as like a pop-punk band mm-hmm. at first. Okay. Until, like, they just started doing their own thing, and it was more prog rock. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Prog I think, rock meaning progressive rock? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I think that even the front man, Claudio, he, he said that one of the big misunderstood things about the band is that you can't just put them in one category. They will, they will start in one sort of motif, but by the next album, they're somewhere else. And even within yeah. these albums, you can find individual songs that fit like your personal style mm-hmm. that may not necessarily you don't need to love every single song yeah. cool so there's some you know yeah, like, beautiful I... just you know like simple like ballads that you can just fall in love with yeah there's some great hard songs that you know yeah. what are my really favorite songs there's a blues song yeah. yeah yeah i mean that's what i love about led zeppelin is led zeppelin oh, has some yeah. songs that are super bluesy and other songs that are a little bit more rock super heavy, mm-hmm. and then yeah. some songs we're just gonna talk about mordor and lord of the rings yeah yeah it doesn't work because claudio and the other guitarist travis they said their two bands respectively that they love are led zeppelin and pink floyd oh this yeah is pretty so much perfect this yeah. is effectively perfect. How did I know this? Yeah. this is effectively <laughs> this is perfect, the, the space rock opera of those two bands being sort of like funneled into this yeah. new version where you're you're factoring in star wars Dune, some even Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there's some fantasy aspects. Tons yeah, yeah. of fantasy in there, and That's you can awesome. you can mm-hmm. take as much from it as you like. But it's all there. Yeah, wonderful. 
Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. All right, cool. Or if you're not even liking the music, but you dig the story, you just read the comics. Yeah, read the I can say I've never met someone who got into coding Cambria just through the comics and the storyline first. It's pretty much always been yeah, people music. who started with music and then delved there. I mean, it'd be great to meet someone who went the other way, too. Yeah. But yeah, you don't have to start in one way or another. It's just, you know, he's doing a killer job going across, you know, multimedia to really, like, give everything he's got in his brain to... Yeah. You know, like anything that you could, you like it, it's there somewhere. Nice. Yeah. Well, kudos to you two because Brian, when a week ago when we when I asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast and you said Coheed and Cambria, Brian was like, oh, you can read some of the comics in the meantime. And I looked at them and I went, no, I'm going to let you guys convince me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of let's talk about it, I'm just going to let you guys convince me about it because I really, I've kind of been averse to Coheed and Cambria up until this point because... My only exposure to them is basically whatever Crab decided to play in between their two Weezer songs. So, <laughs> Crab being, for those of you K-R-A-B. Uh, Crab is the uh, rock station uh, in Bakersfield, California, where we all grew up. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos to you, because I'm, I'm actually really excited. The next time I take a long drive, I'll probably listen to this instead of there you go. Legends of Luke Skywalker. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll get through it eventually. I'm, yeah. I'm close. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get out of here soon. What, yeah. are you, what are you doing geek-wise? What are you listening to lately? What are you... What do you got going on, Eric? Wow. I mean, not as much as I would like because, you know, I'm still finishing medical school. Um, I have gotten into the Clone oh, that Wars. Thing. Yeah, that, that little <laughs> that thing, thing that I got that little, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. When I'm work. not going over the lore and mythos of Coed and Cambria, they got this, you know, <laughs> this education thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. that'll pan out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm slowly getting through the first season of the Clone Wars and going in the okay. chronological order that okay, you guys recommended. <laughs> wow. I follow that suit okay. immediately, and I like it. Even oh. the episodes with Jar Jar Binks, who I must say... I actually like. Have you gotten the one where Jar Jar Binks kills a guy? On you know accident? what? You Air mean, quotes. You mean Darth Jar Jar? Yeah, right. Darth Jar Jar. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. I think that's probably uh, one of my big nerd things I'm, I'm going for right now. Yeah, nice. that's a good one too because because uh, Clone Wars chronological starts off with, uh, what is that? Is it Delta? With that particular squadron, with like, yeah, with oh and yeah. And yeah, if you're gonna oh, go, man. if I was that to go was through a Clone great Wars episode too for the first mm-hmm. time, like. The, the one where with, with Shock T training them and all that stuff and the, oh, yeah. the bounty hunters they're having to resort to using. But, like, all that stuff really just gives you a full, like, immediate scope of the, of mm-hmm, the, yeah. the war that you're going into, which is really cool. Yeah. We can worry about dealing with how much we like or dislike Ahsoka for the first yeah. season. Later. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> technically, I did start with the Clone Wars movie with okay, Ahsoka yeah. being Which introduced third and, and I texted Bryce saying yeah. how much I hated her oh, character yeah. but then he's I like, rewatched no. it a couple weeks ago and I'm like oh god yeah. I just need to get through and this he, and I'll be okay she was so annoying and it took me so long to even like care about her yeah. but then just going back and starting back in Bryce's chronological order I was like you know what this is actually one of my favorite characters now. Yeah. One of the best parts about Ahsoka also, I mean this is well, I don't want to get too far but yeah. you, know, you know how I love me some Ahsoka mm. yeah. is Ahsoka starts off as an annoying child, and she is probably the most truly written child in sci-fi I've ever seen. She's obnoxious, mm-hmm. but she doesn't mean to be. She's not played up as obnoxious. She's just you're just kind of like, kid, you're not clever. Please shut up. Yeah. Which is exactly how I feel about most children. Yeah. So it's, it's true. Yeah. But she's written really, really well, or at least really, really authentically. Yeah. Fair which enough. I really appreciate because when she does grow you you love her so much more. Yeah. So that's really cool. You were really lucky to be able it's to do that. It's my ass having a soap figure up there. Yeah. Have you watched nice the Revan? 
Rebels, no. Oh, I mean, oh, I got man. so much Boy. to catch up on, guys. Don't you worry. Don't yeah. you worry. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, musically, have you listened to any uh, new albums or anything since we were on a kind of half-music podcast this time? You know, I actually, in high school, I liked some Fall of Troy, but I only heard the couple songs like the FCP remix oh, and yeah. a couple others. Classic. One of was on Guitar Hero. Yeah. And I did a, a series of long drives recently, and I was thinking, you know what, what if I just, you know, go back to some bands that I heard in high school? All right. And I thought, you know what, let's just listen to Fall of Troy. And man, that stuff is crushing right now. Holds I'm up. so into it. Yeah. does, man. Oh, man. I really need to listen to newer stuff. I, I, I listened to that as well, and it's it's pretty good, too. Nice. Uh, I think, like, the Manipulator album is, like, mm-hmm. where I'm oh. like, that's my jam. Classic. But, yeah. uh, oh. It's that's probably one of my new uh, musical interests, yeah. especially because I've slowly branched. You know, like my original musical interest was more heavy metal and Metallica, yeah. and then Coheed was kind of a natural like maturing from there, where there's some some screaming to it. Yeah. There's some change in like darker themes, um, so you're kind of growing from there. Then I had more like Kill Switch Engage, which is just straight yes. up like one of my all time favorites, hardcore, but they have very positive lyrics, which yeah, is they're refreshing. very uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shoot, they had the name for it. The lead singer kind of came up with which one, Howard or uh, Jesse? Or Jesse? Shoot, I can't remember it. It's like life positive metal or yeah, something like that. And that's great. Life metal. And that's life, what it is. Yeah. life metal. They're and very then, positive with their yeah. stuff. Yeah, and to cool. take it Except from the... Howard's <laughs> emo album, but that's a whole. Oh god, that was hard to listen to, man. Yeah, it was. I, I had to stop for a while because yeah. that was too much. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I've, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next progression from there is you know what's what's kind of there where you have still quality musicianship. But you're taking to the next level of, you know, there's there's a bit more screaming, there's a bit, but there's still, like, melodic elements as well, and then it just, Fall of Troy kind of fit that next progression for me. Yeah, and sure. that really just is, like, hitting me right there at nice. this time in my life. I don't know. Wow. I mean, I don't know what that speaks for being a fourth-year medical student, but, you know, that structured... Who yeah. that, yeah, who's children? <laughs> Where are you with children? But the structured chaos that, like, I'm a big fan of, so... Yeah, you know, and I, I, I totally. think that's probably what makes Coheed really interesting, because when you hear that sort of instrumentation, you expect... <gasps> you know, low kind of mm-hmm. noise, and instead kind you're of. met with this kind of higher, higher, actually melodic vocals, yeah. even if they are. Which a made sense because they did a Iron Maiden cover, The Trooper, and it is one of my all time yes. favorite covers. Which, by the way, one of the four concerts I went to was mm-hmm. them opening for Iron Maiden. Oh, no way! Yeah. Which was one of the dopest Holy concert shit. experiences of my life. It <laughs> was weird because, like, cool I was lineup. the kid. I was the kid coming to the concert for the opener, and yeah. then it, it just adds like a bonus. I'm now staying for Iron for Maiden, Maiden. and cool. talk about guitar work. Oh my yeah, god! All three of the guitars. Phenomenal. Oh my! <laughs> I took so many videos. I was the standard idiot just watching the concert through my phone because <laughs> yeah. I had to record most of it. Yeah. But ah, oh, it was so good. Yeah. And like talking about like the high pitch operatic vocals that are just taking it to the next level uh-huh. is, yeah. is Bruce Dickinson. Oh yeah. And it's just oh, yeah. so good. That was top three concert going experiences oh, of my man. life. Yeah, I still yeah. need to see them. So I, I, yeah, yeah, I guess it's, high pitch is being different isn't really the thing. It's that it's high pitch and it's like also singing at that yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not controllable. Yeah. yeah. A similar analog was a couple years ago when Lady Gaga was performing on the Grammys with Metallica. Oh yeah. And her higher operatic singing voice just works so well. Really I gotta watch did. that. That sounds Have you awesome. not seen it? Okay. So, so well. when I'm Metallica, I, I was around when they killed Napster. So I oh, have okay. like a little bit of a By the way, Lars was right. Yeah. You're all wrong. St. <laughs> <laughs> Anger still kind of sucks, but I appreciate it, it on an emotional I, level. They, they played Frantic on the radio the, yesterday, and I'm like, 
oh, this is dumb. I'm going to see how long I can listen to this. And like 30 seconds in, I'm like, I can't st I can't stand this snare drum anymore. Nope. As someone, quality was as someone now trained in appreciating mental health yeah. and understanding what that took from them from repressed yeah. anger and, res and just total resentment for 20 years and how it got them to heal and move on. I can appreciate I it. it. I don't I like the documentary, it, but, but I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, 20 no, years if, is a little long. And speaking know, okay. of the Grammys, yeah, that was a huge problem because James Hetfield, the lead singer's mic cut out alive. Yeah. So he like flipped out on stage, but Lady Gaga kind of like ran over with her mic and they were dual singing, but they had an audio file of them during the practice. Rehearsal was, so if you hear rehearsal, it is so oh, on point. It's crazy Sick. good. We'll it pull that so up good. too. We got a list of stuff we'll listen to. Okay. Um, Brian. So I've seen, <laughs> hold on, I've seen Kohee like four or five times now. Or this. <laughs> yeah. Still important. The Very first important. time, I think it was with Fall of Troy in Bakersfield. And it was cool because it was a smaller so venue. Jealous. Yeah. And it was before, it was right when Burning Star 4 came out. Mm -hmm. So they played Welcome Home and they finished off with. The Willing Well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, final Cut. Yeah. Final Cut, which oh, they jammed out. Did so the drum good. solo. Not as long one as, as the DVD, but still great. Yeah, I mean, right, because you got to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. second show I've seen them at was they toured with Avenged Sevenfold, and it was Ooh. the weirdest lineup. Saw them at Bakersfield at the Convention Center. They didn't play Bank. They played next door at the Convention Center. And it was weird because you had all these, like, bro metalhead dudes. Yeah. Right. And then Coheed's fans. Yeah. And it was very <laughs> split. And it was a co-headlining tour, so it was just them like two. Yeah. Yeah. Down down the audience, yeah. So like intermingle. every yeah. other show, they'd switch off playing first or second. So our show, Coheed played first. They put on a great show like always. And then Avenged Sevenfold came on. It was just such a weird vibe. Couldn't stay. I didn't like, I don't like Jeez. Avenged anyways, but uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Oh. Sinister Gates is a killer guitarist. Yeah. And let me just say, like, I think that Avenged Sevenfold really encapsulates that spinal tap of D minor is the saddest of all keys. <laughs> so they play every single song in D minor. Every solo song. Every single album. Yeah. You just, I'm so Who sick. Who needs a four chord song when you can just stay in a key? Yeah. 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 I mean, they crush that key. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good. You know, the, uh, the guitar works are great. impactful. Yeah. The yeah. vocals, drums. I was a fan of their early albums, but. When they got poppy, but uh, gotcha. I also saw Coheed open up for Slipknot. Neat. Wow! It was, I remember when you went to that. Concert. It was Coheed and Cambria, Trivium. Oh, and Slip but oh, Trivium I'm getting opened. into Trivium now too. Oh, now I, I think about it, they're so good. Oh yeah, their cover of Master before. of Puppets is great. It's one of the best covers oh, yeah. I've ever. Yeah, heard. that whole oh. that whole album of the the Carrie uh, remakes Master of Puppets. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so good. <sighs> uh, anyways. Sorry, we're going off on tangents yeah, left but, right. So it was Trivium. Welcome to Sneaky Geek. Yeah. 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 It's a pleasure, gents. <laughs> yeah. So basically, a Trivium, kind of a thrashy metal band, opened first, and then it was Coheed and Cambria. They played most of their heavy stuff, but it still wasn't heavy enough for that crowd, mm -hmm. and people were throwing all sorts of shitty, all just stuff on stage, hitting the band members as they were playing, and Aww. like, they opened up with Welcome Home, which was cool, but then like, they went to like... Summer, they should appreciate then, the fact that they get to calm down after thrash metal. Kind no, not really. Oh, once you're not how that up, show you works. Keep going. God, no. Yeah. So like they put on My a great show. My neck will need show. a break. Okay. No, it won't. You're doing it wrong, man. <laughs> I and then, all right. So that's. <laughs> and then and then Slipknot played. All three bands put on a hell of a good show, but it was just such a weird lineup. Yeah, there's yeah. They're, they're on their own for yeah. sure. Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, and then yeah. I ended up seeing Coheed at Warp Tour when they played. Which was a cool year because it was, it was like, Ooh. it was a heavy year. So it was Kill Switch Engage, Coheed, Avenged Sevenfold played, As I Lay Dying, Pennywise was playing that year. Oh. It was a solid, solid year. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I think, because I was supposed to meet up with you at the last show, 
at the Palladium when they were doing Neverender yeah. 4. Yeah. And then you got the Ugh. fancy VIP package. Yes, I didn't get was, to meet the band, but I got yeah. to get in early and get prime seats. Yeah. And, oh, what a great show. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. And then they, they ended up with a little, like, a best of, like, three-song feature yeah. afterwards. They played they played some of the newer songs. Island, yeah. one of my favorite songs off the Yes, yeah, they that, did play Island. Yeah, so good. Just in terms of concert-going experience, what I love about the Coed audience is that we're there for the music, but we're also kind of tied by this really nerdy concept. Yeah. So in terms of other concert goers, I feel like I have one of the more positive experiences. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, a mosh gets started, but if anyone looks like they're hurt or someone's in danger of falling down, people will jump in and help pick you oh, up. Oh, that's, like, you know what, that's a, a very positive... That's pretty common for any metal show. Really? Yeah. I oh, feel yeah. like I've been to a couple where it was just like, kill or be killed. Oh, man. Uh, but every time I've gone to Coed and I was ever involved near a mosh like it was just really was really, cool. really yeah. good yeah all right well yeah anyways what sort of listen what sort of music are you uh, working on right now any new songs come out that you um, like super jamming to or what any new albums out to yeah <laughs> dave matthews band's new album is really, really good is oh. it oh yeah it's really good. i don't so, know why i'm surprised the guy can jam i just yeah i just have only heard i've i've heard a lot of dave matthews band but like i've also heard the song superman like 18 different ways superman so, I am no Superman. Oh, uh... Because there's, yeah. like, 18 different versions of that freaking song. <laughs> and, of course, I had, yeah. like, all of his concerts on my iTunes, so, like, oh, it kept yeah. coming up, so and I was like, I am so yeah. tired of this song. Yeah. Of course, it would always be a different version, and I'd be like, I thought I blocked you from being yeah. played. Nope, you blocked concert A when this one's concert <laughs> Anyway, 17. Dave Matthews so, Band. So, yeah, so Dave Matthews Band, a little bit, because I'm a huge fan of the drummer. Oh, yeah? Uh, Carter Be- Beaufort. Fantastic. And I just found out he's an occupational therapist. No way. Like, licensed from, like, what? way back in the day. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Had no idea. Wow. Uh, but, and then Lamb of God just put out a covers album of a bunch oh, of, like, man, my hardcore be so, punk. so wimpy. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but they went, they, oh, they put the album out under their original band name, which is Burn the Priest. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's uh, some really uh, cool songs some, on there. Cool covers. There's some, uh, <laughs> there, there might be some, uh, pull Current events. Yeah. 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 Woo. yeah. Anyway. Brewing about. Uh, yeah. So like I've been listening to those two, like two completely different stuff, but that's how I am with my music. Just like me, super ADD. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sure there's and more. And what, anything, I... uh, anything geeky that you've been into really? Uh, dude. So there's an X-Men event going on right now called Extermination. Yeah. It is freaking solid and they just killed off a major character and then there's a bunch of time travel stuff they're trying to fix because it's been kind of wonky lately very timey-wimey all right but it's really good okay so, yeah interesting yeah yeah right on. what about you bryce what do you got yeah. going on okay musically today actually i was actually it was yesterday i was at the bank and my my banker uh i say my banker this guy who's been at every branch <laughs> i've ever like frequented my buddy pat he walked up to see how things were going, and I told him, and so he helped me with my little, you know, transaction real quick. And then I was like, "You going to any concerts lately?" Because this dude's always going to concerts. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm seeing Death Cab up at uh, <sighs> up at Berkeley." And that's another album I've been listening to. The new I one. I just started their album today, and yeah. I first thing I said to him is, "I was like, I'm not really a huge Death Cab fan because oh. I'm always disappointed that I'm not listening to New Postal Service because I love oh. the Postal oh, Service." Oh, you bring oh, it up God. all the time and whenever he, I play Death yeah, Cab. Yeah, and car. he was like, you know. This is a little more poppy. I think you'll like it. And yeah. so I turned it on on the way down here today. Yeah. I really like it's it. It's good. It's really good. It, yeah. Like, it's not as electronic as I wish it could be, obviously, because yeah. it's not going to be the Postal Service. No. <laughs> but it has that element of his songwriting combined with that kind of, I don't want to say motif, but like that aspect of it yeah. that makes it a little less 
Ugh, I'm sad. <laughs> but yeah, Death Cab for Cutie's new album. Yeah, it's really good. Is really solid. Yeah. Like I didn't get through the whole thing. I used more listens because um, yeah. I realized I probably should listen to some Coheed on the way down here. <laughs> but yeah, I I really dug it. I yeah. like it's it's so far it's been really good. Other oh, yeah. than that, musically, I recently made a feel good playlist, so I've been listening to a lot of like Cat Stevens. <laughs> That's weird. Dude. How does that make you feel good? I I, I like <laughs> simple folky music. God, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been listening to a lot more like uh, OG Death Cab and Postal oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Service all over again. Yeah, I feel like after Tommy he posted about the album coming out the other yeah. week, I was yeah. like, Tommy's Man, a big fan. There's some great songs that I haven't thought about in a while and I went back to some and like I actually got to see the Postal Service when they reunited years no way. ago. No way! Yeah, oh, they, cool. their second show back was in Davis. Oh, oh snap! And it was that would be their crowd. So it was yeah. so good. Oh my god. Bicycle speaking, rides speaking of, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> hey man, it's a very practical form of transportation. Yeah. Very green. Uh, Careful man, it might tell you to kill people. You can't yeah, trust the right. 10 speeds. No, but oh my god. It was Hopefully. such a great show. And talk about, you know, when I was thinking of um earlier, uh, the Amory Wars is over, it's never going to come back. Oh, wait, five years later, we're going back. Thinking about to Postal Service, you know, they were a one and done yeah. years yeah. ago. Like, they're never coming back, right? No, they can come back. And yeah. it was just <laughs> the greatest. That's and they were interviewed cool. on Stephen Colbert's show at the time. They're like, uh-huh. so, you know, you guys made this album called Give Up, and you gave up. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance you're going to keep going? And then they just kind of looked at each other like, Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're just back to it again. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Cool. So I do have to listen to the new album. I'm yeah. so glad yeah. you brought no, it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. good. Yeah. Um, and then geek-wise, I've been working on Maximum Carnage. I finally, like, found a stride in my reading of it. It's a, it's a long, there's a lot, it's, it's dialogue heavy. It's dialogue heavy, and a lot happens, but in the rehash of that, I wouldn't say rehash, but when they revisit some of those old bad guys in another Carnage storyline that happened back yeah. in 2010... I was like, I'm going to just read this because I don't know that I can read give you backstory. Maximum Carnage. So I get through it and he's like, oh yeah, last time I saw him was The Massacre. And I went, The Massacre? <laughs> We're calling it The Massacre? Yeah, because that's how... I'm going back. So I picked like, The Maximum Carnage. There hasn't really been a Marvel comic that bloody and violent since that yeah, Even when out. they brought back Carnage back in 2016, 17, they did like a, a little short run, maybe like 12 issues or something like that. Yeah. And I remember reading it going... I know that this is Carnage, and I know you're going for violence, but you're still not there. You're still not there yet. You're still not really... He's not scaring me, you know? And so, like, reading something referred to as The Massacre, I was like, oh, we're going to go to the 90s with pouches and allowable deaths. I'm excited. Wow. So I'm going back. I'm reading that. And then I started grad school. (laughs) So I'm reading a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So I started grad school, so I am reading a ton of not geeky things and instead reading nerdy things like how to research and mm-hmm. Noam Chomsky and all of these other linguistic <laughs> yeah. things that are kind of occupying all my time. Yeah. But when I'm not doing that, that and um, playing this game called Gravity Rush on PlayStation 4. Hmm. And at any point you can float into having no gravity and then decide where gravity is. Oh, and interesting. It's it's a total JRPG. Like some of the tasks you have, you're like, oh my God, I would never... This would never happen in an American studio. Like, this is just ridiculous. (laughs) It's like, oh, you got a side quest. You have to make some money to help this house you destroy. Okay, makes sense. Your side quest is to become a maid. Here's your maid outfit. I'm like, this is so Japanese. But it is, like, the gameplay on its own is fantastic. And the storyline is really kind of a slow burner, but I've I've been really digging it. Yeah. So when I'm not sleeping on Brian's floor, going to Cal State Fullerton in the day and... 
crying in the library. Uh, that's those are the two geeky things I've been doing. Nice. Mm, yeah. So. Sounds about right for grad school. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You nice. know, speaking of upcoming nerdy things, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Venom and especially yeah. like Carnage because those were like my two favorite Marvel villains just yeah. growing up. Oh, like, the I new love Venom book has so been much. amazing. And now I'm really worried that this movie is going to either ruin Venom yeah. and then potentially already ruin Carnage if they bring him in too early. Yeah. Right, right. I yeah. could see them hinting at it. If they're smart, they'll they'll only hint at it. But, yeah. I, I mean, we're all, I think, on the fence, but we're... Yeah. That second trailer did look and more promising. Better. Although, did yeah. you see the original designer of Venom's video where he was like, Here's Oh my to fix here. God, that guy's a moron. Huh. That looked horrible. You didn't like it? I, that looks so terrible. Yeah, that's what I thought. I wasn't I, impressed thank you, at all. I wasn't impressed at all. I liked the idea. And I get it. It's a teaser trailer, and you don't want to show a whole lot. But that was even then. I was like, I don't even know what this is. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! Are you talking about the video where he went in and sh- and readjusted Venom's face? Is that what you guys were talking what? about? No. Yeah, that's what oh. I'm talking about. You didn't like? Okay, so there was a video. I hated there. Oh, 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 I thought we were talking about like the, first the creator of Venom teaser trailer. The guy who created Venom the concept the character yeah went through on his wacom tablet and like adjusted venom made his eyes a little bit closer oh. together sh- fixed his teeth i didn't like everything about it but i did like that he made it that he like brought the teeth a little bit more varied it wasn't super far out so that you could yeah. see that venom could close his mouth yeah <laughs> so i i felt like it had oh, some funny. benefits to it but yeah it's a, yeah, you i need to check that out then yeah it kind of looked like they made eyebrows using his eye which looked really odd to me mm. uh, it just wasn't for me personally but I love, did you see the other one where they were putting, like, blue eyes onto Venom's face? I think you and I are talking I've about a completely no, different no, this is No, this is a I've second, seen, this is another I've meme. I've seen a picture where people are like, yeah. look how scary Venom actually is with, with real like, eyes. And, with real his, eyes, and they put yeah. blue eyes over the white, and yeah. it's so funny. It's, weird, yeah. it's the greatest <laughs> yeah. thing you'll ever oh, look okay. at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll find out how Venom goes, and we'll, uh, yeah. well I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it. Because yeah. what if they do so bad a job, we never even get to see Carnage, like how they screwed up. Amazing Spider-Man 2, so we never yeah, actually yeah. get to see the Sinister, the Sinister Six. Six. So I was like, I was waiting Spider-Man. so long for that. Yeah. And the Sinister Six, though, new Spider-Man game coming out this yeah, week. Yeah, it is. It, I played the demo a Oh, I've yeah. heard so many good reviews. It's... You remember Spider-Man 2 for the PlayStation 2? Yeah. Imagine somebody took that and said, let's just improve everything on this already fantastic game. Oh, yeah. That's what I like to hear, man. Yeah. Dude, and like, you know how like it's in original solid. Spider-Man, you know, you shoot a web up and there's no building, but you can still go. Yeah. Not with that, this one. Yeah. In this... You need it, it. It affects it. The physics yeah. are incredible. Oh, I, we did a fight nice. against the Shocker, and mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic. Nice. Uh, that stuff from the raft looks great. Yeah. I saw a clip with Wilson Fisk and a clip with Mr. Negative. Mm-hmm. We run the gambit. Apparently, it shows the good sides and the hard sides of being a hero. I think it's going to be one of the best Spider-Man storylines we've seen oh, yeah. in a non-comic oh. form in a long time. It looks just... I mean, it plays great. It looks great. It... I loved it, and I cannot yeah. wait for that game. I'm but very yeah, excited. It's gonna be, it's is, gonna be great. Amazing news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I don't know when I'm gonna play it. Probably between uh, crying and sitting in the library, but <laughs> in between years one and three. Yeah, somewhere, yeah. Yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, putting a word out for escapism, like you know, you always have to have you know your your side hustle that keeps you going. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, this even, podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> but even for me personally, this podcast just listening has been incredible. Oh, and it's nice. it's, re, it's nice. reinvigorated my own sort of nerdy interests. Cool. I that's, got to, you know, hang out and talk to you guys, and I haven't seen you guys in years. We were just yeah. trying to figure out the last time we were in the yeah, same room yeah. together. It's been so long. Yeah. So it's amazing, you know, just these creative endeavors we're doing. That that's one back. of the best parts about this podcast, honestly, is how many people who I 
have had come out of the woodwork and talked to again, I had no idea that you were this big of a geek. <laughs> like, oh, I you knew fool. you were pretty geeky. <laughs> but, you know, like, and I, it wasn't like I did, but I also hid that at that time. Like, I mean, it was, oh, I, was yeah. I wasn't super good at showing it. Yeah. And one of the things, this has also invigorated, for, like reinvigorated a lot of my geekiness here. When I started this podcast with Brian here, we didn't play competitive card games. Uh-huh. We talked comics. Not we really. went to Star Wars premieres. I did. You know, oh, yeah. You played, you played competitive card games a little bit. I you know, by the end of the sixth month into the podcast, I had a deck of magic cards. And by Comic-Con this year, Brian and I got into Dragon Ball Super Card Game. Yeah, we did. The last, <laughs> like, last week we were hanging out, we watched, like, three Dragon Ball Z movies. Yeah. Like, we're oh, in the nice. thick of it, man. Yeah, dude. And, so and, good. I mean... I had geeks. I, for me, it was video games. I was really, really into video games, but that mm-hmm. was about it. Yeah. You know, that was like the last stronghold of the geek version in my brain. Mm-hmm. And now, here we are, thanks to thanks to Brian going, we need to record, we need to record, we need to record, we need to record, yeah. as we were getting started. And now that we have like a body of work, now I'm the guy going, Brian, we need to record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, rules are switched. Rules are switched. Yeah. yeah, like we... And we love it. And yeah. and it's great because suddenly you realize like, oh, shoot, yeah, there's a ton of us out there still. Yeah. And and we're all oh. willing to talk. And we're yeah. always clamoring for more content. For more, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nah, so I'm glad to be here with you guys and just catching up. Yeah. yeah. And, and even helping to you know share some of my knowledge. and Dude, you blew me away with your Coheed knowledge yeah. today. Well, like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, consider, I don't really consider myself even like a super fan. Like, I really... I'm more on the music side. I feel like, you know, B-Rom here, he, he's actually purchased pretty much all of the, yeah, the I got novelization. Into a, yeah, I've got a stack all over so, this table right now. So of, I, may, yeah, I maybe well, have a third of pictures. this. He's beating me on the collector's amount, but in terms of, like, delving into music yeah. and the theory and the structure of the storyline, I'm kind of... Oh, that's all you. Yeah. We don't really talk about it on, on the podcast very much, but all three of us have kind of a substantial music training in some regard like brian yeah you like brian is a phenomenal drummer he won't say so but brian's a, <laughs> like seriously fantastic a drummer. if anyone has to say i'm a great so-and-so it is a jerk and yeah. you know you don't you <laughs> yeah, can't take not. so much you know yeah, yeah I'm, and i'm and, the best guitar player you ever heard of it's <laughs> <laughs> like oh okay. obviously but like we're talking about eric's guitar thing but eric you were in band for years you yes. were like deep yeah. into it i, I think, in, I think you were a band scholarship band no, I didn't time. have a scholarship per okay. se. I've been in marching bands since like you know seventh grade, technically, yeah. up yeah. until college, and I'm still in the alumni band. Oh, nice. I met my fiance in the band in college yeah. too. Oh, cool! So music's been a big thing. I always play a kind of guitar personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just for my own thing. Yeah, so music's always been a like kind of my escape from you know the the hardcore medicine science of it all. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, nice to have the balance. when I was in when I was in college, you know, I did not. I did not play an instrument. I I haven't played really. I haven't really focused on playing an instrument since middle school. But I did yeah. do. But I I always always like drawn to choir. And yeah, because I remember I had, that. Yeah, yeah I had that instrument background because I had learned to read music through that. But like mm-hmm. for me, you know, I was in choir for technically ten years of my right. life, and. Right. It, it, I mean, it does come up. And so I can be really harsh on voices sometimes and vocal technique and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I use that vocal training in dialect coaching. Like oh, yeah. I wound up moving that over towards linguistics because suddenly resonance chambers had much more importance to me than they'd ever had before. You know, it's one thing to, to try to yeah. sing pretty to the guy next to you. Yeah. And granted, in choir, I was always the guy last to memorize music and I was always singing exactly what the guy next to me was singing because that was the easiest way to do it until 
they started making this my own part. But like, <laughs> you know, I don't think it comes up very often, but that's a huge aspect of, I think, our geekiness as well, is we found something that's kind of niche yeah. and requires a little bit of dedication yeah. and kind of sets you apart from people who, and not necessarily above, <laughs> yeah. but from yeah. people who who would, you know, who haven't gone through that and you got, you know, have a community and, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason they call them band geeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. So I t- it was really cool when you started bringing up the things that you did bring up because that's a perspective that we might not necessarily get from people who don't appreciate. But if there's one thing yeah. I've learned about metalheads <laughs> is metalheads are by and large musicians. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I don't know a whole lot they, of metalheads. They don't just appreciate musicians. like the the face melting, you know, guitar playing and the lyrics. Like they actually understand what's going into that yeah. and the amount yeah. of training of and dedication they look into my best like, friend growing up could play flamenco like nobody's business but ooh, boy, oh, man. he shred yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. he wanted That's to get on his thing. warlock which of course he had a warlock uh-huh. <laughs> then he went to a flying v but oh, of course but uh but with like the but not like a straight v like the one that was off centered a little yeah. bit with a super sharp points yeah. he saved up for years for oh that. it sounds like a dimebag daryl yeah i believe so doesn't Claudio have a warlock too? I think he does. He's better. He's, he he does. A they, are, they are like sponsored by Gibson. I yeah. swear. He I, had a warlock in a coffin case. Like this guy was oh, yeah. hardcore. <laughs> but like That's again, awesome. that was my introduction to metal. Was, yeah. was through my buddy Charles. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know this is this is a common thing. It was really, but it was really cool. It was cool having you on, and yeah. I mean, we've definitely talked for longer than I anticipated. And it's a real pleasure. Yeah, I mean, that never happens. If, but if we, we did this all sooner in, earlier than I thought. If we, yeah. we did this in just 30 minutes, I feel like we would have cheated the band. And there's yes. been, how could we have the dedication to only go to that time frame? I thought there's we no were going to go for 45 minutes, but I didn't realize <laughs> how deep this was no, going to I, I was Bryce thinking, kept saying, oh, we'll just go for 45 minutes. And so I'm like, there's no way in hell. I, was like, I didn't know anything about, like, <laughs> we could have done most of these episodes as long as we didn't go into too much detail. In that time, if we uh, take out some of the tangents, well, that takes out a lot of yeah. fun stuff. But this is this there's is, so much to this. This is yeah. really like the almost Doctor Who of a band where there's yeah. there's you know basic level entry, but then there's so there's much depth levels, that you can yeah. go like layer by layer oh, to yeah. really yeah. This I was like so deeply into like Kobe being my band. It took me years to like get this level of just background uh-huh, sure, knowledge sure, just yeah. on my own researching before you know it yeah. was all out there yes, and yeah, just slaving like what does this lyric even mean yeah. what does it mean to me what does it mean to Claudio who wrote it like just is like this extra sort of mind game right. of like a Rubik's Cube you're trying to solve like that just added to it so you can go back to it over and over again and like find new things here yeah. and there oh yeah and no, I wasn't I didn't know super a lot about the story so until I got to the comic books yeah, um, yeah. It was funny because I read the the novel when it first came out, Year of Black Rainbow, before I read any of the comics. So it kind of gave a nice little background, that's even yes. more so. That's actually the first thing I fully read because yeah. that's when there were no more new albums by the time I was really invested in yeah. getting the background stuff. So the first thing I read was actually the Year of the Black Rainbow book, oh, really? which is yeah. the start of the story uh, in a normal sense. So yeah. that actually kind of helps a ton. Yeah, part one of the story, yeah. yeah. Yes. The only other band I can think of that does anything similar is probably Gorillaz, and their storyline is... I, but the problem, but the thing with Gorillaz is their storyline is just that they are a band. Yeah. Um, but, like, right now... Death the, Clock. The, you know, yeah, you know, Death, <laughs> Lock, like Death Clock's another one. With Gorillaz, like, right now, their lead, the leader of the band, Murdoch, who is the real ugly one with the bad teeth, is always, like, you can see, like, his pants are way too low. Yeah. He's in jail. They put, <laughs> oh, they put him in jail. But get this. They've brought in, to be the new front man, Ace. 
who is a member of the Powerpuff Girls That's universe right. gang green gang. That's right. <laughs> right? Super weird. Oh my god. But like they have like an existing kind of lore-ish, but like it's nothing it's not compared like this. to yeah. this. Is I mean this is a whole yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. You know, tons of world building. And yeah. you know, I gotta say, there's not many other bands who like are concept band, but also unite the concept across albums. You know what one of the only other groups I know who does something even remotely like this? Mm-hmm. Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) It it pains me to say it, but yes, they have a uniting concept behind a lot of their albums. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Yeah. and And I know none of it. Magnets, right? How do they work? How do they work? Uh, (laughs) Honestly, my loathing and hatred of Insane Clown Posse is part of the reason why I haven't gotten in. I've never really given Pennywise a shot. Because the the idea because of the clown because there's motif? a clown because the clown motif what no so they're so different what are I you know. doing to yourself what? because there's, I'm like oh Pennywise clowns nope and then like I just never got into them because oh. I was like no more clowns no clowns <laughs> clowns and music Dude. are dumb <laughs> you know why I also never listened to Pennywise is because the movie it terrified me so much that I couldn't associate a I band with Pennywise ta- wow. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody about how like not scary the original movie it actually is like no it's, it's still terrifying to me really. You, it, it is so ingrained in my. I watched it way too young. Even with the bicycle scene at the end. No, it's it's you can terrifying. Do, you can do I don't think I've ever I seen it. Oh, really? you're lucky, yeah. man. That's no. I scary movies aren't my thing. Oh uh, yeah, horror movies. Aren't, All right, yeah. we need to go. <laughs> All right, we could talk forever and just keep recording. But thank yeah. you guys so much. Yeah. for uh, for listening to us today. Thank you, Eric. Yes, coming on. That was Woo! Awesome. So glad to be here, guys. Yeah, yeah, super. Do this again cool. Let's sometime. do this again sometime. Yeah, the yeah. many times that I'm here in the OC when you are in the OC. Yeah, you in Vegas? We like Vegas. Vegas Bombs is fun. There this weekend, you definitely <laughs> come by. I mean, I'm gonna be out of town doing my auditions until yeah. November, and then I'll be interviewing. But oh, you know, come like schedules terrible. Come like yeah. February onward. You know, it's gonna be a cakewalk. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> just see how your fiance feels about that while you know planning a wedding. She is yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's got it planned. Well, I just have to show up, and I'm the hero. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I have so little responsibility. <laughs> oh. oh, man. We're leaving that in. <laughs> All right. Please. Or make it an Easter egg. I don't care. All right. All right. I will. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll do it live. All right. Yeah. Talk to you. Okay, we'll do it live. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.